Say, did you read about the guy that had his sex changed to a girl? Says he was perfectly normal, too. How can a guy be normal and go and do a thing like that to himself? Glenda has made the decision. Then comes the major surgery. The removal of the man and the formation of the woman. A woman born at the age of 24. The body of the woman within begins to appear now. The world is shocked by a person who changed his sex. Thus, the strange case of Glenn, who was Glenda, one and the same person, not half man, half woman, but nevertheless man and woman in the same body. He dares to enter the street dressed in the clothes he so much desires to wear. He learned that foreign doctors were doing marvelous work with a sex change. Man to woman, woman to man. If the newspapers had not gotten hold of the story, it would have gone untold, unnoticed as so many others in medical history. Why is the modern world shocked by this headline? Why? Do you realize what would happen if every man in the country that wanted to wear women's clothes or felt like a woman went to their doctors and wanted a sex change? Glenn and all the hundreds of thousands of other Glens across the nation face quite a problem. keeps on giving, Tim. Why, hello, it is three minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Show, an excursion into whimsy. It is uh, 503-733-2970 if you would like to join us today. 503 503- 733-2970. If you would like to weigh in with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, musings of an ironic nature, whatever it is you might have today, it's 503-733-2970. That box egg, by the way, comes in three different versions. There's the version I have, which is just, it's Glenn or Glenda, uh, was it Bride of the Atom, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and something else, Jailbait. Yes. The fourth one. Plus it has Ed Wood, A Life in Hollywood or a life in film or whatever yeah, it is that documentary the documentary it comes in a uh, the, kind of the cardboard slipcase there's the mid-range box set where it looks like it's Angora but it's really just pink cardboard and then there's the one that actually comes in the full-on Angora wrapping which uh, I forget which one you have but I have the first one you talk yeah, it's uh, quite something in any event it's 503-733-2970 if you would like to join us today 503 503- 733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or Richie with a T at kufo.com. It is uh, Friday. Thank you for coming along. On today's uh, show, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, who's in the middle of, as Henry Blake once said in uh, a MASH, in the middle of a, a real big empty right now in Fargo, because I guess they were thinking they're just blowing up that ice dam or the ice blockage or whatever was going to sort of fix everything. And I, I really don't understand science or nature or how things operate. All I know is that uh, I think things have uh, gone a little south there 
since we lost out to them because they're evacuating the whole place, right? And some of the other towns around there, they have some eerie, terrifying warnings. We'll play these. All right. I saw the obligatory picture today of it was like a guy and a dog standing on the roof of the house as the water level just oh, yeah, like it yeah. gets above the uh, windows. All kinds of freaky. And they, he was on CNN TV last night, though, Steve Kastenbaum. So oh, was he? Will, he was. They was it, was. it was the sort of slice of life story where CNN correspondent Steve Kastenbaum interviews local townsfolk. And then, they, you know, he's talking to, like, local farmer Earl Wiggins had this to say. But Steve has got the great hat with the ear flaps on. It was just it was wonderful. Anyway, we'll talk to Steve today. Uh, CNN radio correspondent Dick Juliana will join us later on in the day about North Korea, who... I guess North Korea is still run by Kim Jong-il, although I don't remember the last time anybody saw him. He's a guy who's kind of theoretically in charge, but I don't remember the last time he was on camera. I don't know. He doesn't really ever come out. No. It's not like the Pope who stands out there in St. What is it? St. Peter's Cathedral or something and addresses the masses on Sunday. I mean, has anybody seen Kim Jong-il appear in public? No, he, he kind of has that Howard Hughes vibe going. Where he's just in a basement. Where it's good enough. He's just in some, like an underground series of catacombs filled with vodka and pornography. Just mm-hmm. sitting down there waiting for Armageddon. All right, we'll talk to uh, D.Q. Ligano. Aaron Duran will be here from geekinthecity.com later on uh, today. He will step in. Aaron will also bring with him a top five today. The top five worst songs ever to go number one in this country. The top five worst songs ever to go number one. Aaron's on. really bringing it today. I'm sorry? He's really bringing it today with like the metal lyrics and the top five That's and everything. That's right. I forgot about that. He is also bringing, uh, the, uh, he's also bringing a contribution for Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. That's going to be your chance to win a copy of uh, Guitar Hero Metallica later on today. We will be giving away another copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. It goes on sale March 29th. You, however, can win it before you can buy it. So Aaron Duran is bringing Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics as well. Taser Watch coming up today. Geek Watch on the way. And... Uh, we will uh, once again consult the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion from 1965 uh, to share more tips about how to uh, how to make your station successful and profitable. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. A busy morning. A man is shot several times at the Orient Chinese restaurant on Northeast Broadway overnight. A Portland girl rescued by playmates after being swallowed by a sinkhole while playing baseball. Mandatory evacuations are ordered in Fargo as floodwaters reach the brink. And in answer to a question yesterday, we're going to learn how to build a sandbag wall. The New York Times laying off at least 100 reporters, even Google laying off 200. Rihanna has guns tattooed under her arms right after she's nominated for a Kids' Choice Award along with Miley Cyrus. Two members of Britney's road crew are arrested for brawling. Forest Grove considers allowing goats and chickens in backyards. And a sausage-loving inmate forces the evacuation of a Washington state prison. <laughs> uh, sometimes there's just too many jokes, and I don't want to say any of them. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? <laughs> I'm looking forward to the news today. Were you just scotch-taping one of your rings together? Yeah, it's a little too big, because I got this. It's another Forever 21 ring that I bought. Uh-huh. But it's a little too big, so I just uh, put some tape on the inside of it to keep it from slipping. Forever 21 minutes is more like it. For the product spot there before they fall off. I don't understand. Well, I don't get it. Well, never mind. You should take that joke back to the shop and work on it a <laughs> bit. Work you on should. It again. I'd, uh, I'd, take, I'd take that joke on the road a little bit. Maybe play some smaller theaters with it, then bring it back. I'll do that. <laughs> More <laughs> intimate settings. <laughs> Go do some dinner theater with that. I will. And then, uh, then we'll roll it back out when it's been, uh, when it's been honed. I'll play with the Vancouver Bijou. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, I'm still trying to understand it, though. Oh, never mind. I just can't go back to it. Hey, I don't know what a bijou is, by the way. A bijou? Yeah. It's a movie theater. Is that what it is? It's yeah. not It's not like an opera house or something? It might have been at one point. All right. I just think I haven't bijou spent that much time in, in Vancouver, so I couldn't tell you for sure. You're not really... Uh... You're not really up to speed on Vancouver uh, lingo as it relates to French terms. I I passed through there in an Amtrak train and, and saw junkyard. Is, Vancouver is sort of uh, one of those places that you only see when you're on your way to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Vancouver is a sort of you know Vancouver is the is the B between A and C for mm-hmm. you. That's really it. Uh, all right then. Hello, Sarah. How was your? Hi. Evening? It was good. It was mellow. I watched one of the worst movies ever. I watched uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, that's a terrible film, it but is it's awful. great. It's it's yeah, it's terrible in a great way. I mean, it's wonderful, but it's a uh, Starship Troopers is sort of a. It, it's kind of a uh, not a low budget film, not a massive budget film, but it's like a it's a mid budget B movie. It's a movie that Starship Troopers is one of those movies that had it been made. Like 30 years ago, it would have just been filled with cardboard creatures and just things made out of styrofoam and guys in ill-fitting suits. Mm-hmm. But they had just enough money to make it look, to make it look good. Yeah, those giant bug like puppet things were really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's based on a uh, uh, on a novel by Robert uh, by Robert Heinlein. But Starship Troopers is, which I think there are now actually three different direct-to-DVD sequels. I think we are now up to Starship Troopers five, which is in pre-production at the moment. <laughs> Excellent. No, it was, yeah, it was amazingly bad and just, yeah, just had a mellow evening. And then, um, you know, of course, and on the nights when you try to go to bed early, couldn't really fall asleep last night and then woke up this, this morning at three and I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. I'm like, oh, no, wait, it's Friday. Oh, that sucks. That's <laughs> I the know. worst thing ever. It's the worst. And then I fall back asleep and then all of a sudden I heard the <laughs> alarm clock. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Dude. Oh, there's nothing. Well, and it never works the other way, though. Like, you never, you never wake up and you're, you're sort of confused about the time and then you realize... You know, like, oh, no, I don't have to go to work today, or I don't have to go to school, I don't have to get up. It's always that you wake up and you're like, oh, thank God, it's Saturday. And then you look over and it's like Tuesday, mm-hmm. about 4 a.m. Yeah. I gotta, I hate to be this guy early on in the program, but is there some sort of weird uh, dust cloud that has settled into the studio this morning? My, my eyes feel irritated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I that's irritated ex- no, that's ex- okay, that's ex- okay, so maybe it's not the studio, because maybe it's... Maybe it's something actually just in the air in Portland today because... I don't know. There's something crazy in the world today. I stepped out of the house and immediately I got the weird, uh, like my eyes felt all scratchy or something. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if it was just me, but apparently not. So at least we're all suffering together. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. It is uh, 503-733-2970 if you would like to be part of today's show. Coming up here in just a few moments, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Later on, Dick Uliano will join us. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. The top five worst songs ever to go. Number one, spot the fake metal lyrics, taser watch, etc. Very quickly, because I promised to do the second half of this. So I was watching the Watchmen direct-to-DVD not supplemental stuff, but there was, you know, there's the Watchmen film, and then there were those two, I guess what we call featurettes that came out there was Tales of the Black Freighter, which is beautiful to look at, but not really all that great. Uh, Under the Hood, though, which is the second half of the Watchmen DVD, which is a sort of 60 minutes style piece about the Watchmen and the new Minutemen, is is quite quite wonderful. So, so is that, that the one that has like the background with like. Um like him growing up and like the mechanics shop and that exactly kind of stuff. yeah exactly okay and it, you know it's a lot of a lot of stuff with Hollis Mason oh, and cool. they do interviews and it's how do I put this it, it it's presented as being um, it's presented as being a, a look back at a television special that originally ran 30 years ago um, and so it uh, takes place before the Watchmen movie does but anyway th- that enough that right there that's worth the price of the price of, a, of admission for that thing you get to buy it just for that. 
Um, oh, and a little bit of sham wow news coming up, but that's that's not that's not for a bit. So we'll get to that. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I can't even remember what he's actually talking about. That's Michael McKeon from our... He's talking about uh, David Brent. Ah, yes. That they managed to work at David Brenda observation into a thank you, Brenda. Appreciate that. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come this hour, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, who is in Fargo, North Dakota, where things have gone um I would say from certainly bad bad to worse, although I think that they say now that they're not quite sure that it's gonna the, the flood levels are going to come over the sandbags, but I guess it's all, I don't know, a little bit up in the air at the moment. So Dick Giuliano joining us from Capitol Hill later on uh, in the program. That'll be next hour. We have uh, today's top five, top five worst songs ever to go number one, and your chance to win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. This at the news desk is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Ominous warnings, ominous warnings going out to the people of Fargo and some of the surrounding towns. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. Am I? Is this like a command? Am I supposed to be uh, no, my, playing something? Uh, this is just frozen. Okay. Well, take my word for it. There were several warnings going out to the uh, townspeople. Meanwhile, a shooting at a bar in northeast Portland has sent a man to the hospital. This happened at the Orient Chinese Restaurant overnight. That's at 1025 Northeast Broadway. When officers arrived, they found one male victim who was shot multiple times. He was transported to the hospital in critical condition. And now let's see if this Minnesota mayor is ready with this. If you know you have to get out, don't wait till tonight. Get out now and let us be able to work, keep our people safe by being able to operate in the daylight. Don't ask us to come back in an hour because we don't know what's going to happen in an hour. This thing's been happening fast. All right, so here's a dumb question. So that's, he's where? He's in Minnesota? Yeah. So where is that in relation to Fargo? I, I know there's a thing I ought to know because I live in America it's and close, I went to school. And... North Dakota is close by to that. All right, so yeah. that's the assembly. Technically. Yeah. Is, that, is that really the actual geographic term? <laughs> that is the geographical term. It's not too much of a fur piece from here to there. Mm. All right, that's, that's good. Anyway, so I... So I guess we'll be playing that soundbite five or six thousand more times today since it went so flawlessly the first time. I know I have more, which is really scary. Do you feel a little bit like you're just it, it, like you're sort of spinning the chamber and pulling the trigger every time you reach Let for that thing? Let me tell you something about a sandbag wall. You just don't stack them on top of each other. How many it actually takes to make a wall? To make a two and a half foot wall, it takes 25 sandbags because you have to make them wide at the base and then make a big pyramid to make a four foot high wall takes 72 bags for one foot. You need 7,200 bags at 40 pounds apiece to make a 100 foot long wall. And that's what these people are doing. They're trying to build it. You need this type of support rather than this just a tall wall that will fall over from the weight of the water. An expert on building sandbag walls. And can't you just tell from his inflection he's drawing something on a dry erase board while he talks? <laughs> Let's welcome down to the Ray Coverson Show. Live in Fargo, North Dakota, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastamam. Good morning to you, sir. That guy is way too intense for Fargo. I don't know where he's from. He, he, Seriously, he, just listening to that was stressing me out. But couldn't you tell he was one of those Bill Nye guys and he was sort of gesticulating wildly at something and he was sort of like a... Kind of, kind of like a John Madden meets Mr. Wizard, uh, where he's sort of, uh, you know, kind of illuminating us as to the construction of sandbags.
bags. So, well, he, I'll just I'll just ask the kind of the big broad question: What is the uh, what is the latest? He, uh, he sounds like the Jim Cramer of of uh, sandbag <laughs> yes, building. I suppose. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, the latest is not good. Uh, last night they got revised forecast for the river, and uh, coupled in with that forecast, uh, the, the weather the weather service said, uh, you know, basically we can't predict what this river is going to do anymore because we're completely in uncharted territory. Those are not words that you want to hear up here right now. They said the crest is now going to be between 42 and 43 feet. Bottom line, look, they have never seen the river this high before ever, as uh, far back as uh, records go. And then we have this bizarre convergence of events where the, the temperature uh, dropped so much and we've had snow. So uh, that's a mixed blessing here. But uh, people are absolutely exhausted from building these dikes, and, and now they, they learn that in some areas they have to bring them up yet another foot. And uh, this crest, this, these high levels of the water, could stick around for three to seven days. So here's a dumb question. When they say that you know, it hasn't been this way in, uh, I don't know, what you 50 years or, you know, it hasn't been this, they haven't had any, any problem like this or no, this flooding uh, surpasses anything that anybody can remember in recent history. Is, I mean, is there some simple reason as to why that is the case? I mean, is it like the more rain or more snow or is there something, some, or is it just a confluence of events that is where everything lined up in exactly the wrong way? I would say it's B, what you just said. <laughs> the, uh, you know, they had a lot of snow here this year and then all of a sudden the temperature warmed very quickly as we approached spring and the thaw was immediate. You know, they have this problem every year because it's, it's incredibly flat here. So when, when, the water, when the snow and ice thaw, it really doesn't have anywhere to go. And the Red River uh, and other rivers in North Dakota are, are inundated. But uh, this type of flooding, you know, they had it at, uh, in 1997. But uh, it's, not, it's not a yearly thing here. But, um, boy, i got to tell you, the folks here, I, I sat with uh, a bunch of guys um, – I guess you'd call them good old guys in a garage uh, in a house where uh, the community is completely surrounded by dikes right now, and they've been working uh, nonstop. Uh, they're sleeping in shifts now, manning their sump pumps, and uh, they have every intention of fighting this until the last minute. And they got pretty upset. Uh, I mean, they didn't say it in, in so many words, but you could tell in the tone of their voice they were upset when they learned that one of their neighbors was pulling out, that uh, he was uh, going to stay in a hotel and, and put his furniture and storage, uh, because that meant, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, they had to take care of that guy's house, too, and, and there's a big, weak link in, in, in the uh, dike uh, oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. I think there's going to be a shunning, Steve. i got to tell you, I am probably, and I keep saying i got to tell you, because that's what they say here, um, I am probably one of the only people here that does not own uh, forest camouflage Gore-Tex clothing. Or a gun rack, yes. I would imagine, as well. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. Although although that stuff is really good for cold weather, I can understand why they all wear it. It's really uh, great stuff. By the way, I should say that I saw you on CNN television last night. Apparently, um, a lot of people did. Yeah, there was a, and I can't remember now. I, I have the, uh, the the photo somewhere. I didn't bring it in with me, unfortunately. But maybe uh, maybe you were actually dressed this way, or maybe just in my I'm sort of retrospectively putting this fashion sheen on you. But when I picture the photograph of you, uh, this, like the still frame photograph from CNN of you, it, it was like you had the Radar O'Reilly hat with like, the, the ear flaps and everything on. <laughs> but maybe that's just, I'm just sort of putting that on in my own brain. Maybe I'm I applying I really that. came very close to buying one of those hats the other day because I left some of my stuff uh, in, in the bureau by accident. So I had to buy a new hat and a second pair of gloves, like a, you know, a backup pair. And uh, I was sitting there and in the store, and I was like, hmm. Can I spend that much money for a hat with flaps? 
that I'm only going to use here and never again, that I didn't do it. But maybe I should for the TV live hits. Well, I'm just saying, one never knows when one will need to, uh, you know, when one will need to approximate that look for some sort of Halloween garb. It's true. Ah. You know, you raise a good point. Um, just final question: When you're at the, at the CNN bureau, do you have? Because it, it, when I it, when I think about the CNN bureau and how I sort of envision it, it's a series of lockers where you have a getup for every region of the world where you might have to go at a moment's notice. Do you know what I mean? Pretty much. Uh, you know, um, my boss was uh, was visiting uh, me in the New York bureau recently and uh, looked around and looked in uh, my my little closet in my in in the uh, booth and said. You got a lot of clutter. <laughs> yeah, where it's, you know, suddenly it's like, you know, I'm sorry, you got to go to the Serengeti plane, stat, and you, know, and you open locker number five. Yeah, where it's... It, it is a lot like that, yeah. You know, you, you're prepared for everything. You know, I, I like to ski uh, lately. I've started skiing again, so I've got a lot of cold weather stuff. Um, for warm weather, you got to have all those really cool, like, uh, safari-type shirts that have the vent in the back. You ever see those where the, where the flap and a, uh, and a pith helmet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, stay warm, stay dry, stay safe, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. I don't know how how long are you going to be. I mean, are you there until it sort of wraps up? Or? Oh, I, I've already got my Fargo driver's license. Uh, I'm pretty much here uh, for the duration, I believe. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. All you need now is a bright orange, like a fluorescent orange hat, and a big bottle of uh, whiskey, and you'll 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 fit in perfectly. You would have totally loved hanging out in the garage with these guys uh, yesterday, sitting around, sitting on their coolers uh, of beer and food. Uh, uh, you know, as they were taking a break. You just would have loved it. Feet up on a pot-bellied stove, eating some pig's feet? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Steve. Take care. All right, there you go. Steve Kastenbaum in Fargo, North Dakota. So I found you a map to answer your question. North Dakota is on top of South Dakota, and to the immediate right is Minnesota. The best part is... play the game of the state. (laughs) To the north is Canada. To the west is Montana. Wait, hold on, let me look again. The red st- I put it in red for you. Okay, so North Dakota, and I know that I'm not the only one that has this problem, although everybody, occasionally Sarah and I, and it always is Sarah and I, we'll get into some sort of discussion where one of us has to try to figure out where a state is, and then we realize that neither of us knows because neither of us has any even, like, I don't even have the vaguest grasp I don't of geography. Yeah, I don't even have like a general knowledge of Be- states. Because, because it's a thing you don't really need. I mean, the geography there, is... There are red states where no people live. I'm sure the people in Fargo, North Dakota right now appreciate your assessment that, quote, it's a state where no one lives. I mean, I mean, really, over for, well, the, next, for the most part, for the next couple of days, that might be kind of true. I, I think I, in the I overall, mean, it's those... so big, they separated into North Dakota and South Dakota. Well, what is too, the difference between the two? It's too much Dakota for just one state, Tim. It's, there was an abundance of Dakota. You know what it is? It's sort of like Gallagher and now there's Gallagher, too, who tours. Um it's like how there's the uh, there's a Great White and there's Jack Russell's Great White. There's Dakota. There's North Dakota. Oh, there's like the regular signal and HD. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's uh, North North Dakota is the uh, it's 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 like kink too. It's analog. Exactly what it is. While South Dakota is digital. Moving forward. I will just say that Sarah and I will occasionally sort of blunder uh, into these situations where we have to figure out where a state is for some reason, if only to answer like another question. And then we realize that we don't know where anything is because it's... I don't even think at one point we realized that West Virginia existed. Well, no, because that was when Lisa Desjardins from CNN went all nuts on us because uh, it, it was because we didn't know that it was on the coast. I guess West Virginia is near an ocean or something. Or no, about, it is not. It's inland. It's... 
Well, what there was some there was some state that there, we didn't realize. There is a little tail of Virginia that's on the coast. West Virginia is to the west of that, therefore inland. Okay, but do you see how that's a thing that it I don't even, even need to know in my real even life? It's crazier than the real Virginia, which is crazy in itself, it, except for the Washington suburbs. Uh, it's a thing that is only really good if you're going to be at a geography bee or if you're going to be at like the Sewickley's trivia night. I mean, that's it. I mean, other than that, you've got no application. Geography is fundamentally useless for the average person, unless you're going to be like a surveyor or something. I got a GPS; it'll get me where I need to go. Um, I need to get one of those. I'm tired of oh. getting lost. It's like knowing what well, a hectare is. I wonder how you is. lived without one. <laughs> Even oh, though I know where I'm going, I always turn it on. Oh, a GPS? Yeah. Oh, it's the best thing on earth. It's. I use it to get to work every morning. I would say that the um, the four greatest consumer products, electronic products that I have ever purchased, are my GPS, my TiVo. My MP3 player, my MacBook, those are that, that right there. That's it. That's the. It's not even a holy trinity. There's four of them. But that the, the GPS, I have. The, this is not the not the, the plugging this, but I'm just the the, the Tom Tom is the one I have. It is one of the best. It is one of the best creations in the history of all humanity because it's made for people like me. Because you take it out of the box, you turn it on, and suddenly it's like you. You know what it is? It's like having an ancillary uh, brain. It's like having a supplemental brain to augment your puny human brain. Because I'm just completely missing the part of my mind that would otherwise get me places correctly. And so the TomTom sort of steps in. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's like one of those replacement, uh, it's like one of those replacement limbs or something. They get, you know, like if you're, like you've, uh, like if you lost a leg or whatever and they give you a bionic leg. It's like a bionic brain, but only for the portion of my uh, of my cerebellum that actually is in charge of getting me places. You, you do have to remember, it does require a minimum of thinking. Just because it gives directions, it means you do have to stop. Oh, no, you – well, it doesn't – At places you do have to stop every time. And here's the other thing is that every once in a while – I think it's sort of a Darwinian thing because uh, like maybe one out of every hundred times I use it, it'll try to send me down – it'll try to send me down a one-way road just every now and again. I, mean, it's, I think it's done it maybe four or five times in the three years that I've had it. It's just often enough that if you're really not going to be too quick on the uptake, you're probably going to drive into a cement truck. Uh, which I think is, you know, I think it's just there to weed out maybe the uh, maybe the lower functioning sections of the population, but that's just a guess. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. By the way, I was kind enough not to correct Steve Kastenbaum, who clearly is from New York City and not from parts uh, far west or east, when he referred to them as being, quote, good old guys. It's a little bit of a malapropism there. <laughs> That's okay. I wasn't going to point out his lack of sophistication. Uh, I'm not that guy. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come today, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica, uh, Dick Yuliano from Capitol Hill, Taser Watch, and more. Tim Riley is at the news desk. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. The ground swallows up a girl as she plays baseball. That happened here. Nine-year-old girl playing on city land, suddenly swallowed by a sinkhole, was rescued by her playmates. The girl's grandmother says it's a miracle her granddaughter is alive after she fell through the top of an old septic or cesspool system (sighs) in a vacant lot owned by the city. I don't wish to fall into an old septic system. I think I speak for everybody on that. See, cesspool's the thing that got me there. Okay, what is a cesspool, and is it different than a septic tank? Anyone, go. It it is a pool of open pool of sludge. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at the girl. It's a cement square or container for the sludge. I don't. I don't want to fall into an open uh, into an open pit of sludge. That's also gonna. That's gonna go on the list. Can you hand me that story for a second? 
I'm just going to file this under uh, file this under things that I don't ever wish to happen to me. So where exactly was this? It says Portland, but it doesn't. It, it it's not. It doesn't really clarify. I guess they want to keep it a secret so kids can continue to play there. <laughs> so life can continue to be amusing yeah. for us. Um, not okay. But this is really bizarre. It doesn't actually. It doesn't actually say where. No, they don't want it to be known in city land. A nine-year-old girl playing baseball on city land. It says vaguely was suddenly swallowed by a sinkhole when we, and was rescued by the children playing with her. Child's grandmother said it's a miracle her grandma... Miracle. I've been in, it was in Utah miracle? for too long. Miracle. <laughs> it was a miracle her uh, granddaughter is alive after she fell through the top of an old septic or cesspool system in a vacant lot owned by the city of Portland. No one knew it was there. The city filled the hole Thursday afternoon, or so they claim. City workers said the hole was between 16 to 20 feet deep, for the love of God. Yeah. Oh, God, listen to this. Here's a terrifying phrase. Her name is... Um, Page Wickland, Page Wickland nine, simply disappeared under the ground as she was rounding first base on Wednesday. Oh my God! <laughs> so freaky. Imagine looking. Hey, where did Page go? Uh, no, she's being swallowed by the ground. She was. We know just, she got to first base. That's like some. That's like some full so she was on. She's just rounding it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, she says, "When I got there, I fell down, and then it was all dark." I turned around to see where Page was, and all I could... This is so freaky. This is terrifying me. But So now I have to read it because we all have to suffer together. And this was in Portland, by the way. This one, yeah. this, is some, this is one somewhere else. One of her friends, uh, Danny Abbott, says, quote, I turned around to see where Page was. Page is a beautiful name, by the way. Mm-hmm. I turned around to see where Page was, and all I could see was her little hand waving and hearing her saying, help, help, help. Uh, Danny ran for help. Um, uh, another friend, Gabby, managed to pull Page out of the hole. Um, anyway, she fell through the she fell through the ground and landed on an old pipe that kept her from falling twenty feet to the bottom of the hole. Jesus, the land is owned by Portland Parks, but it's undeveloped or perhaps overdeveloped, so. <laughs> depending on how one views this. The city does it lead? Does it lead into like a cavern or something? Like, how do they know it stops at twenty feet? I I really don't know the answer. That's a good. It leads to where the more. I guess the heavier you are, you are, the more you sink. The city says it does everything possible to make sure land it owns has no hidden dangers, but no one no one knew the old septic system was there. Well, that's unnerving. So that just means you could just be, be walking around uh, anywhere, and this would just, I think you just swallow it. You know, that's it why I never go outside. No, I absolutely have to. No, you don't leave your house, Tim. That's where the danger is. It's like lightning sand or something. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am sort of unnerved by the fact that they don't bother. To, it's owned by Portland Parks, which means it wasn't private property, though, right? In other, I mean, in a, it was city city owned, but it's not like they scaled a fence and were like hanging out by a reservoir or something. This was in a park, right? Perhaps the park near you, perhaps the park where you plan on going later today. I have fun thinking about that. And that they don't know whether it was a septic tank or a cesspool. A septic tank is a tank. Well, that's an actual tank, so probably, so maybe it was where a tank was, or it might be a cesspool which is filled with sludge. Yes. What kind of sludge is in a cesspool? Human sludge. <laughs> that's an unpleasant phrase. <laughs> Seriously, there's no, and human sludge, I suppose, could mean any number of things. I mean, you know, I mean, depending on, uh, I don't know, perhaps how advanced your community is, or whether or not uh, that. Who's that guy in Mexico that disposed of the drug bodies, the, the stew maker? I mean, if you're near him, it's a whole different kind of human sludge. Human sludge is is an altogether unpleasant combination of words. Here's Tim Riley. A 14-year-old New Jersey girl has been accused of child pornography. This 
after she posted 30 exclusive nude photos of herself on the MySpace. Because of this, she could be forced to register as a sex offender. This is on the MySpace, which is causing all kinds of problems everywhere lately. This is a wake-up call to the parents. The girl posted the photos because she wanted her boyfriend to see them. Wait, She's so, 14. So she... Posting nude pictures so of she herself on MySpace. So she couldn't just email them to him? No. <laughs> Post them there. Not that we're advocating that you do that well, either, of course. Yeah, nope. she could face 17 years in prison. So she, <laughs> so she gets, so she was, so what she was taking the, so the nude photos of herself and then stuck them online to her boyfriend, she's and 14. undoubtedly his his weirdo horny friends could all gawk at them. Mm-hmm. And now, so she's 14, so she's going to get tagged as a sex offender. Yes, maybe. And then you know, which I mean. And again, nobody's nobody's saying that the you know teenage girls ought to be posting nude photos of themselves anywhere. But I'm just that especially sucks though because they tag you that you know you get the you get that on your record yeah, and that so probably been, stays with you forever. She's been arrested and charged with possession of child pornography and distribution of child pornography released in her mother's custody. She could face 17 years in jail. That's an awkward conversation to be having with the friends and neighbors. So what have you been up to lately? Well, Cindy's been arrested. Why <laughs> child pornography charges? Wouldn't you know it? Damn. You know, um, this is yet another. Uh, this is yet another reason why I don't miss being. Poor I, Susan Reynolds. Well, what's that? Doesn't she have a teenage daughter herself? Yes, I'm sure that she. Sure, she'd appreciate you referencing her teenage daughter as it relates to this story. Well, I was just thinking, uh, is a warning to mothers of teenage no, daughters. I'm just saying that I just uh, I don't miss being a teenager at all, simply because. We didn't have a MySpace. Well, I, it's just when you're. Uh, I mean, you know. Not that there's any, not that not that kids are dumb or whatever, but you just, I think that the impulsivity gene in teenagers is just so unbelievably untamed. I think you just have no control over that. And again, you just, you know, you made a mistake when you were like, uh, you know, 14 or 15, 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. And the only people who knew about, you know, the mistake, however small or serious, was like you and your circle of friends and maybe your family. And now it's like, uh, you know, it's like any uh, bucktooth nimrod who's able to get online and find your MySpace page. That'll, uh, that'll, you know, that'll turn up when you're trying to get into Harvard at some point. Here's Tim Riley. This comes to us from Clallam Bay, Washington. Anyone familiar with this town? Clallam. No. C-L-A-L-L-A-M. Bay, Washington. Well, they have a prison there. And an inmate there hankering for some hot sausage got in hot water. <laughs> when the cooking fire he set in his toilet forced the evacuation of a prison wing. Is a prison wing like a like a buffalo wing? I guess so. Give me some of them prison wings. The smoke was uh, spotted around 9:25 last night, coming from a sewer vent pipe. About 130 inmates in the uh, prison. I understand nothing in this story so far. I'm still back in the fact that he was hankering for a hot sausage. He was cooking him in the toilet. Uh-huh. Which is, I guess, I, like, I'm not familiar with prison life myself. Like you as, do. As is custom in prison. <laughs> He's cooking sausages in the toilet? That's correct, yes. <laughs> I don't understand how you cook sausages in a toilet. Well, how do you cook anything in a toilet? He was successful in doing so. The smoke was traced to the inmate's cell, and he admitted, trying to heat up sausage brought from an in- You can buy sausage at a store. So Did he, he get the sausage from another inmate? No, it's from the inmate store. <laughs> Apparently, it you have to pay for sausage in prison now. He was trying to heat up the sausage well, you from can't the just... inmate store in the stainless steel toilet, uh-huh. which doubles <laughs> as a barbecue grill. So they don't just give you sausage in prison these days. You have to you have to actually buy it. Yes, but this must be better sausage apparently from what's usually given out. Well, the... I can imagine that's the case as well, Tim. This is much better than the sausage I'm used to getting in prison. 
Well, the to- <laughs> well, this. Hello, I'm 36 years old. <laughs> I'm trying to reach our demographic here. Persons they are the sausage-loving demographic, Tim. The toilet chef, as he is now called, <laughs> has been placed in a segregation cell pending discipline. You will not cook your toilet in a. You not cook your sausage in a toilet from now on. The or toilet else. chef. Hello, I'm the toilet chef, and welcome to Cooking in Your Cell. Coming up next on OPB, <laughs> right after this pledge break, we'll be visiting the toilet chef. <laughs> you suppose, you suppose, you suppose when you're watching the toilet chef We're going show, straight to number one. You do know that. Gotta give the people what they want, Tim. Do you suppose when, they, when you're watching the, the Toilet Chef show? What type of hat would he be wearing? <laughs> I'm thinking, in my head, it's like one of those, um, it's it's like one of those, like, uh, snap brim caps from, from, like, a Damon Runyon thing. I just picture, like, an oversized toilet paper roll. Oh, God. Can you see the old infomercial from the Toilet Chef? Or it's like a sideways <laughs> baseball cap, one of the two. Um, but do you suppose when you're watching the Toilet Chef's TV show that he does... He does the thing of like putting the sausage in the toilet, and then he says, "And now later." But then he cu- then he ducks underneath the counter and brings out another toilet where it's already done. And he says, "We don't have time to show you the whole process now, but this is how it will appear. Your toilet cooking time may vary." Next wow. week at Oprah, the toilet chef. Jesus God. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's quite something. What else can I do for you? I just don't know. I don't really know the answer to that. Um, I do have the most fascinating book. I should bring this in, actually. This is uh, th- th- this will be a-, a ticket to hilarity. I have this great book called um, "So You're Going to Prison," <laughs> which I swear to you is not. It's not. A, I mean, it's a real book, and it's not. I don't think it's intentionally funny. It's by a guy named Jim Hogshire, and I bought this. I don't know, maybe th- ten or twelve years ago. I saw it in a bookstore when I was in Utah. And it was there, and I forget when I was in one of the, I was at some bookstore, and it was just, I guess it was just sitting on display or whatever, and I was like, that's an interesting book. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a book for people who have been arrested and who are going to be sent off to the clink. And it's it's like if you've never been in jail or you've never been in, a, you know, if you've never been in, you know, locked up, um, it's a book about what to expect. And it's everything from arrest all the way to parole. And then everything in between, and it is a guide for how to make the uh, how to make the best of your time and you know in the slam. And uh, they don't mention toilet cooking to the best of my knowledge. But that being said, I haven't actually read that book. It, it's packed up with Maybe all my. It's been updated since then. <laughs> These are stainless steel toilets, that which probably new... didn't exist back then. That was a new after... the first edition. Uh, a new afterward by the toilet chef. <laughs> uh, okay, all right then. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> It's the Rick Everson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. We all regained our composure after the toilet chef story. Well, it says, glad he didn't go for the rotisserie chicken. Yes. As are we all, Tim. All right, then. Oh, by the way, I don't know where my, uh, where's my Uncle Charlie's sausage sounder? We tried to find, during the break, we tried to find this commercial. And the only copy of it I could find was really bad. The audio was terribly muddy. And this audio isn't much better, but it's just a little excerpt. So there is, I believe it's an East Coast thing, but there's that company, Uncle Charlie's Sausage. And the commercials quite frequently have the, the tagline, I want my Uncle Charlie's Sausage, always voiced by a woman, occasionally by, uh, occasionally by several small girls. For example, there's, 
I think we've got this one here. This is the... I want my Uncle Charlie sausage. So there you go. We've just got that. And I've got a much longer version of it somewhere that I was desperately trying to find so we could follow up the prison sausage toilet chef story. It's now available in parts of West Virginia and Ohio. Prison sausage? I would imagine that's available everywhere, Tim. Oh, that's Uncle Charlie's slab bacon also. Okay. Slab is an altogether unpleasant I've word. I've got Uncle Charlie's sausage website now. Okay. Tim Riley is working on the following headlines today on this Friday morning. A power struggle is underway for control of the Made in Oregon side. A doctor finishes brain surgery while having a heart attack. Jim Carrey will put on 40 pounds to play Curly in that Three Stooges movie. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> Green Day's eighth studio album goes on sale May 15th. The new single, Know Your Enemy, debuts on MTV and VH1 April 24th. Maybe we'll get it before that, too. A former police officer is charged with urinating on a Metallica fan. <laughs> Electro... I'm sorry, everything is hilarious today. I don't know why. Well, I, I do my best to make this happen. You know what? I don't think it's just in here. I'm pretty sure that everything is hilarious out there today. I concur with Sarah's assessment that there's some kind of crazy in the air uh, this morning, which is which is fine with me. Uh, you know, what? it makes makes my job easier. All right. And Electrolux recalls exploding cordless vacuum. Not recalls, but recalls. They're not recalling it. It's happening. So they're not dreaming. Oh, they're, they're, they're not, not thinking about it fondly. <laughs> hey, do you remember <laughs> that? Memories of Electrolux exploding vacuum. <laughs> they want you to bring them back. Well, after they explode, if you can gather up the pieces and put them in a bag. <laughs> or the pieces of yourself, for that matter. Okay. I, I'm recalling exploding. Do you remember that time there were exploding vacuum cleaners? You just thought you were going to be doing some cleaning up around the house. And the next thing you knew, you were short two hands and one of your eyes was gone. Those were good times, weren't they? This has been Electrolux, recalling exploding vacuum cleaners. All oh, right. do you know the the, uh, the president of uh, Uncle Charlie's Sausage, his name is actually Charlie. Well, I, th- I wonder if that's a requirement. I wonder if that's like when you uh, joined the Ramones, you had to get the last name of Ramon tagged on you. We select the highest quality cuts of pork. <laughs> well, everyone does, Tim. Ah. <sighs> All right, then. I, I, it seems like I had something very specific we were going to go to, and then I was just suddenly thrown off by the Electrolux exploding vacuum. <laughs> and by the way, you, you really do raise an interesting point that if the vacuum cleaners exploded, exactly how is it you're supposed to assemble all those people? What do you do? You're supposed to, like, hunt them down all over the place and stick them in a box and take mm-hmm. them back? And why would a vacuum cleaner explode anyway? Like, I don't even understand what could be... Was it, like, too full? Maybe, but I mean, but that would just be the bag that would pop, right? It's almost, it's almost, it's almost compelling to imagine what could go wrong with a vacuum cleaner that would actually make it explode. Doesn't really seem like there's anything in, unless it's like, unless it's some, like it's running on a big tank of hydrogen or something. All right. I found a picture of Uncle Charlie. Really? Mm -hmm. Damn it, Ernie! Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong Uncle Charlie. He wrote a book called Cooking Sausage with Uncle Charlie. This is Uncle Charlie of Uncle Charlie's Sausage. Oh, I guess he has a popular TV show called QED Cooks. Is he on after the is he on after the toilet chef? <laughs> yes, they they run back to back. By the way, I do believe that that book, which I now I have to bring in, I wish I had it today. That book, uh, so you're going, so you're going to prison by Jim Hugsher. I do believe it actually has a section on how you can make uh, certain toilet sausage. No, well, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe in the updated edition, maybe like maybe in now like the fourth reprinting or something. Uh, but I think he has actually a section on how you can make sort of contraband food or liquor items in your cell. I think there's a I think there's a whole section about how to make like sell wine or something, which again involves the toilet. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. I mean, really, you can't be using the sink. 
because I think the sink is, you know, it's like if a if a screw walks by outside, he looks on in, he can see something in the sink. I guess really now that I'm, now that I really ponder this, if you're in, j- hey, uh, if you've been to jail or prison, and you know, who knows, the odds are maybe like one in twelve. It says here it is a bit dated. I'm on my way to the federal prison. I thought this book would be helpful. <laughs> Instead, I found the book to concentrate on maximum security prisons. Wait, wait a minute. I'm on my way to prison and thought the book would be helpful. <laughs> what was it to, like to line his uh, to line his clothing to prevent a shiv attack or something? <laughs> so I only get three stars out of five. I love the idea, by the way, that the <laughs> but re- he does have time to write. Was this a reviewer on Amazon? Yes. I like the idea that he might, in fact, be sort of texting that from his phone as he's on the bus going to uh, to Sing Sing or something. I am on my way to prison and find this wholly unhelpful. I am being shivved in the back as we speak. Well, his criticism is white-collar types will find this book more helpful. <laughs> Sorry. I guess one has to pick an audience and write for it. Mm. By the way, the the best and most disturbing line in that book, the So You're Going to Prison book by Jim Hogshire... Now, now we not only have to have I have to bring the book and we have to get him on the program just so he can give us some you know surviving prison tips. There's the whole section on um, what we might call uh, intimate violations that might occur to you while you're uh, while you're in the lockup, and it actually takes the form of a Q and A. And the first cue is like, will this happen to me? And the answer is like, yes, it will, Mr. Mr. New Fish. So that being said, let's move on to, and then he just sort of moves, it just moves forward into whatever the next section is. But it's a book that is um, perhaps not intentionally funny, but uh, but does uh, does have many, many sections that are quite amusing, such as the section about how to make uh, wine in your toilet. Which, Don't you have that Bob Barker prison catalog? Oh, the Bob Barker prison catalog is great. I've never, we've never really talked about that. There's a company called Bob Barker, and I, I can't imagine it's the same Bob it's Barker. It's not the same one. But, see, but they make – it's just a supply catalog for prisons, which I guess you never really – makes sense when you think about it that it would exist. You know, every industry has their own sort of trade publications, and whether, you know, whether it's a, a, you know, like the radio and records or, or you know, a billboard magazine or, or this was a supply catalog uh, for penitentiaries – but there's like all of the the weirdest products in there, like anti-shiv razors and things that are like clothing hooks that are, you know, strong enough to carry a uh, strong enough to hold a shirt, but not strong enough to hold like, let's say, you know, like a guy named Ted who wants to hang himself, it, which is an entire industry that kind of goes unnoticed, I think, by uh, by by many of us. Moving forward, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. I, I did want to make this one observation because it happened to me two days in a row. It actually it happened to be on Wednesday, and then it happened to me um, happened to be Tuesday, and it happened to me yesterday. I went to – there's a coffee shop uh, that's right near my house, and I stopped in the other, the, the other day because I was going from here to somewhere else, and I was stopping in to get a cup of coffee and whatever, and they have these oatmeal chocolate chip cookies that are fantastic as well. But I stopped in and I, you know, I walk inside and I get in the coffee and she's like, oh, we're out. I'm going to have to brew some more. Do you mind waiting? And I said, no. And I had made a note to talk about this and I sort of referenced it, I think, on Wednesday morning. And we never really got to it, but it happened again yesterday, which is where I went in. And there's me sitting down at the uh, at a table. And then there's, I don't know, probably two or three other people scattered throughout the coffee shop. And then there are these two guys standing at the far end. And the two guys each have one kid. They were like there kind of having lunch together, and they each have one kid. And the kids were doing that thing of just running up and down the length of the coffee shop and just screaming at the top of their lungs. Oh, good Lord. And it's that unique brand of awkward where everybody there, like you don't really look at each other and you don't really make eye contact because you don't need to. It's sort of like it's just in the – it's 
everybody knows what everybody else there is thinking. And even the woman, the proprietress of the coffee shop, same thing. Uh, you know, you could she just eats that. If you've ever been in a department store, in a, you know, you're in so like a restaurant, and there's a couple that's arguing or fighting, and do you look at each other? No. Do you look at them? No. Everybody looks at the ground. You look at the ground. You don't make eye contact because you just don't you're, because you're trying to block out the whole thing and it doesn't really work. Same thing with the kids running up and down and you know like grabbing stuff off the tables and sort of the shrieking and wailing. And at one point, I did sort of. Because I'm way I'm way less confrontational uh, uh, about this stuff than probably a lot of people are, but so the kids are just sort of tearing their way around the coffee shop and just being unbelievably loud. And I kind of looked over at one of the dads for a second just to kind of see if he was even cognizant of it. And he and the other guy started chatting along, and I think I must have just been staring at him too long. I must have maintained eye contact or been looking at him for five or six seconds longer than I should have because he I think could sense that I was looking at him, and he just looked over and back at me. And made this eye contact almost as though he was kind of challenging me to say something about it. And then I realized it is a variation of that thing that happens all the time where parents of really unruly, obnoxious kids either A, don't notice it, or B, notice it but have to live with it all the time. So they'd like to share the pain with everybody mm-hmm. in public for mm-hmm. just for just one small section of the day. For one 25-minute period, they want us all to suffer along with them. So... I'm just uh, just saying. I hate that when people let their children run around and then like you accidentally make eye contact with them and they look at you and glare like it's your fault that their child's out of control. Well, and then it's the thing of like, but then you run through in your head things that you might be able to say. Like, is there a way that I could approach the guy and not have it be a big issue? Because you don't want to be like, I'm telling you how to raise your kid. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, raise your kid however you want. But, but you know, if you're out in a public place, especially a restaurant. And I hate the, to pull the, you know, my parents never would have tolerated, but I think most people's parents, now, then, whenever, so probably my friends didn't that are parents that. would never tolerate Yeah, that. I mean, that's, you know, it has nothing to do with, a, like, when I was a boy thing. I think it's just, like, most parents understand that your kid ought not to be, like, a little uh, terror sort of shrieking around the place. These guys were just completely non-cognizant of the fact. And you cycle through a whole series of things in your brain that you might be able to say to the guy to sort of broach the issue. So you could say, um, maybe could you... Could you keep it down? That'd be great. And but, but but even that, which is an innocuous statement, there's no way that no, it's lose lose. See, that's my thing. It's mm-hmm. like, is there anything? But it was two days in a row, so it was Tuesday, and I mentioned it. Uh, I sort of mentioned it very passingly on, on Wednesday morning. I didn't really get a chance to elaborate on it. So it was Tuesday, and then it was yesterday again, and it was the same two guys who must live near there because it's sort of a neighborhood coffee hangout place. So they must live right nearby, and my guess is they're both on the same schedule, or maybe they they, they have a business together or something, because they're both there having, like, coffee, lunch, and then I could tell when they left that one of the kids belonged to one guy and one of the kids belonged to the other guy. So two times this week, I've gone there, and the kids are just, man, it's like they're on crack or something. I mean, they're just it, they're just doing this kind of endless Hot Wheels loop around the place. That happens to me at Fred Meyer constantly. Like someone, you know, some woman will be pushing a shopping cart, and like you know, four children are like screaming and running around yeah. her, and they like run into my legs and stuff. And I'll just give I I like children, they're fine, but I'll just like can't help myself. Give, give the, the child a, a dirty look. I yeah. will, okay, can I so tell I'll, you? I'll just look at it. I'll be just, I'll just kind of look at her, like back up a little, and be like. Okay, and then I'll kind of look at the woman with my eyebrows raised, like, what, what are you, you going to do like, about this? She's like, come here, Timmy. Oh, you're so cute. I'm like, oh, God, just get out of my way. It's like, that is the sort of, uh, you know, that is the bipedal equivalent of the uh, of the owner who thinks it's cute when the dog jumps up on you. You go to their house, because I don't let my dogs do that. You go to somebody's house, and, you, and it's always a German shepherd. You know, it's never like, it's never like a, it's, it, you know, it's never like a, uh, like a Maltese. It's, it's always that somebody with a great Dane or a Husky and you walk in the front door and suddenly Bowser comes out of the kitchen and up on you. 
and you're kind of trying to push the dog up, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, that's okay. He's just he's just smelling you to see who you are. He's just friendly. So, but the kids are you know kind of running around, and it, at certain points are kind of like touching and grabbing at stuff on tables where people are sitting. And I'm kind of you know sitting there like with my bag and my my Mac or whatever, just and you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, if the kid comes and touches something on my table or touches me in some way, how am I going to react to this? And that's when you realize there is no phrase you can use. Cause like, what no, because you... if you're going to say anything, you just have to be zen with the fact that, well, for me, they're going to think you're a bitch. Well, like, that's so, like, could you say, like, um, could you, even the most innocuous things now, like, could you keep your kid away from me? I've Sounds actually said that before. I'm like, I'm like, could you have your child not touch my things? <laughs> or, um, it would just sound, did it, it work? No, um, it works, but, you know, you usually get death stares. Because it's because the implication is you're trying to teach them how to how to tell them how to raise mm-hmm. the, the kid as opposed Although, to... Although, like, that's my personal bubble in my space, and their, you know, offspring is invading that. And see, and here's... The, this is the last thing I'll say about it. The worst part about this is, is that it makes you and the act of making, I think, what is a reasonable request seem unreasonable. Mm-hmm. When you say, could you please not have your child come and, you know, th- like be in my personal space and grab my possessions? And which is a completely, I would say, calm, normal, rational, reasonable approach to it. But it just makes you look like a jackass. And so it has this weird jujitsu trick of making you look like you're, uh, you know, like like you're being bitchy about it. So I just FYI to those guys, if you're listening. Seriously, I th- th- there's there's uh, uh, somebody is going to uh, at some point uh, say something, and it may be me, but somebody's going uh, to. I'll go if, if you have a certain time it. that you go. I'll go with you. I'll I'll play bad cop. Oh, it's just it. Uh, see, because you don't live in the neighborhood, so maybe you could do that. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to be see- maybe, you, but you'd have to pretend to not know me. You'd have to sit at a different yeah. table. We would have to go in. To, we'd have to go in like separately. You and the you know, and then you no, would you see can, it like, happen. You can put you a could, wire on me. You can bug me when I. Uh, you know what? They should again. totally offer that as a service, if the, because I would imagine I'm not the only one who deals with this. Where there's a restaurant or a coffee place or like a store or a shop or any place where you sit down, you have to be for you know, an extended period of time, and there's always somebody that's got the kind of the obnoxious kid there. That ought to be a thing that people do for one another. Where it's like you get somebody who doesn't live in the neighborhood, they go there, and then they deal with the obnoxious kid and the parent that won't keep it under control. Mm-hmm. All right, I like the way you think. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> Noticed. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Still to come, your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica. We'll also have more headlines with Tim Riley at the news desk. Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com will be here, and we will count down the top five worst songs ever to go number one in our fair country. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN Radio correspondent Dick Giuliano joining us now from Washington, D.C. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Good morning, Rick. I wish I could bring you better news sometimes in the morning. Oh, that's you know, it's uh, your bubbling and shining personality. Really, uh, they make it makes even the uh, makes even the most awkward or unpleasant of stories uh, palatable and informative. My friend. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, we're talking about matters of uh, war and peace here, and in just a few minutes. Commander-in-Chief Barack Obama is set to announce yet another troop increase for the war in Afghanistan. This will be his second announcement of stepped-up troops for Afghanistan. A couple of weeks ago, he announced he was increasing troops by 17,000. Senior Obama administration officials tell us he's about to announce another 4,000 of being engaged in the fighting in Afghanistan. It's part of his new strategy for the war. It's a little, uh, I'm not going to say odd, but I think because the lion's share of the attention has just been on Iraq for so long 
that I think the the national focus in some way was certainly off of Afghanistan, and this is, right. uh, it seems like a very concerted effort to not just as said, ramp up the troops, but also to draw everybody's attention sort of back to where right. uh, his administration believes the, the the priorities to be, and then that's and then it's happening sort of simultaneously with this. I, clarify for me a little bit what's going on with the, the North Korea thing, because I'm, I'm kind of oh, confused yeah, about the yeah. details here. I don't really know what's going on with yeah, this. Yeah, no, I hope I can bring you up to speed. I'll try to do it very briefly. North Korea, and you know, do I need to say anything about them? Well, except that I guess the only thing I would say about North Korea is that uh, we were discussing the, the Kim Jong-il is... I guess presumably the guy's still running that place. Although I don't, I haven't, I don't think anybody's had like seen him out in public yeah. for quite some time. He sort of seems to be lurking in a catacomb somewhere. Yeah, highly secretive, highly closed society, and uh, uh, you know, rather people perceive as rather dangerous. Anyway, North Korea says it's going to launch a rocket between April fourth and April eighth, and atop this rocket is a commercial satellite. But here's the thing: some governments, including South Korea and Japan aren't buying the commercial satellite story. They're concerned that North Korea is about to launch its first long-range intercontinental ballistic missile, something that is capable of uh, delivering a payload as far as Alaska. And so people are concerned. We have diplomats from the United States, South Korea, and Japan meeting today in Washington, and we have U.S. Navy sources telling us that Navy ships are moving into the Sea of Japan uh, and these ships are capable of shooting a North Korean missile out of the sky if they think they have to. So it's a little tense. Mm, well, that is a, that is an understatement. Well, all right, then, my friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. As always, your uh, insights and information are valued. You have a, a fantastic weekend, you sir. You too. Take care, Rick. All right, there you go. CNN Radio correspondent Dick Giuliano. All right. But, so, just incidentally, coming out that call, should be, so I'm not crazy. Nobody's seen him in the longest time, Kim Jong-il, not Dick Giuliano. But he just seems to uh, he seems to make appearances just all. Kim Jong Il is sort of like Michael Jackson, and then he'll he'll come out and and wave to you from a parapet somewhere, uh, but always just sort of be gowned and wearing huge sunglasses longer for you. Isn't that? And then he sort of vanishes back inside. And then there's a big celebration about nothing. Like you may now buy a new spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is, Tim. Yes, there is. What headlines are we working on today, Mr. Riley? Well, that is a good question. Uh, a man was shot several times at the Orient Chinese restaurant on Northeast Broadway overnight. A Portland girl is rescued by playmates after being swallowed by a sinkhole while playing baseball. By the way, and I'm not saying this is the way the story actually came out, but when you were first talking about this, what, about an hour and a half ago, something like that? Mm-hmm. You said an Oregon girl rescued by playmates. I just pictured all the girls next door from the Hefner show just sort of like running into the frame. And, ha! Did I tell you that my friend is a producer on that show? No. No. I'm one of the, the one. Like Tim and I suddenly both, really? <laughs> Do tell. No, my friend um, Ryan, my friend from Bremerton, actually, which is really weird. He travels around with one of the Playboy bunny girls, Bridget, whatever her name is. Whatever. She's one of the sure. three blonde girls that was dating Hugh Hefner. And so anyway, like she goes around and like travels to different like beaches and like countries and stuff. And he's her producer. So he travels with. Um, she travels to different beaches and countries and stuff. And stuff. I don't know anything about it because it doesn't really interest me. But, um, yeah, so he spends his days with Playboy Bunny. Now, I don't know really the vagueness of the statement. It was just sort of my, it was just sort of that <laughs> assessing how their life not, is different from mine. I know. I'm not really sure exactly what he does. I travel from southeast Portland to First Avenue. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I do this, and then I, and then I go back home, and I, I play Xbox, uh, as opposed to, like, let's say, uh, her. So uh, the thing about that show is, I mean, first of all, didn't Hefner dump all but one of those, or did they dump him? I think they all dumped him. So is the show going to continue? No, because remember now he's bonking those two blonde uh, twin sisters. 
See, I, the thing with Hefner, look, God love Hugh Hefner. I really, he's just, he's an American icon. He is, as I, as I always say, he's the closest we have to a, to a, a great Gatsby in real life. But there, sometimes when you say things about Hefner, it's like you don't know if the thing is A, true, B, un, you know, you're unclear of the veracity of the statement, three, maybe true, maybe not, but it wouldn't surprise you, or four, that it's somebody using that as just like a wacky example of a thing he might do. Like they're sort of you know, saying it is like, oh, yeah, like he's at home bonking two twin sisters, you know, who look exactly alike. <laughs> and then like that, that is actually, in fact, the case. Because mm-hmm. Playboy has a weird thing for twins, by the way, because I can think of at least I mean, not like I'm not like a hardcore Playboy reader or anything. I mean, I haven't I don't think I've subscribed to Playboy magazine. Well, I don't subscribe to it now. I don't think I've I don't think I subscribe to Playboy magazine. You used to get them. it for free. Remember? That's right. It used to show wrap, up at uh, and there were public Fisher. service announcements. I knew what it was when it came. That's Wasn't I knew what like this was. The instant I saw. Uh, well, yeah, because that, I mean, Playboy is very discreet in that way that it would show up. They would send us press copies. I forgot all about that, Tim. Yeah. Well remembered. Mm-hmm. When we worked at Fisher Broadcasting, we would get these Manila envelopes once a month, and you knew because it, it had heft. Uh, it was real. Uh, it was heavy, and you would open it. And you'd be like, aha, the public it, service director. And I think I think they were going to uh, I think they were going to Mark Marshall or something, and then Mark was like. I'm not really going to read this, so maybe I'll give it to you. And so this guy, Martha, we worked with, he was the Playboy magazine. And it was always just the brightest day of the month, too. Uh, because the thing, about, the thing about Playboy is that as great a magazine as it really, truly is, and I've always, you know, the, the blah, 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 read it for the articles, it's, there's no getting around the fact that the appeal of, of Playboy every month is actually just to see, like when you would take it out of the packaging, you see who is on the cover. Um, because... They do the high-profile celebrity just often enough to make it really compelling, or they do like you know, like every couple of years there'd be like an Anna Nicole Smith type who really kind of came out of nowhere and was very you know made a big impact or whatever. But I haven't subscribed to Playboy magazine in maybe a decade, and I haven't really read it with any regularity in five or six years. But even I, as just a casual Playboy magazine fan, I can think of probably three or four high-profile pictorials that they did over the last 20 years that were all about twin sisters, which I think must just be like a Hefner thing. I mean, clearly there's, mm-hmm. an, uh, there's an audience for that, but I think that's uh, that's some sort of psychic itch that Hefner's trying to scratch. Well, and having a sister that's really close to my age, that's just dirty. It's well, it's certainly odd. That's like I'll a certain that. kind. That's a different kind of person. Well, I I do, re- and it's and it's. I don't think it's a recent development. I remember. So here's my white trash story for the morning. But he's kind of like the Dick Clark of sex. <laughs> yes, he is. I actually use some hot oil. <laughs> okay. I guess we're leaving you to get your. Is it good for you? Oh. Come, oh, come on! I get. How can I? Well, never mind. I won't tell. I'll tell my white trash story on the other side. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that book we were talking about by Jim Hogshire, the So You're Going to Prison. And so now somebody is saying that it uh, that, that is actually a pseudonym for a guy who wrote the book while in prison himself. Hmm. All right, that's fascinating. Well, actually, like prison for dummies. I exactly. It's exactly what it is, Tim. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Just uh, real quickly on the for dummies uh, subject. Did you ever see a blah 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 for dummies? And it's something, and you actually just sit there and you stare at it for a while because you can't imagine, like you didn't realize that such a book would even exist. Not the For Dummies series. I mean, I, like I'm no, uh, Rick Emerson is no snob. I mean, I, I think I own, what do I own? I have something. I have something at the home. It's a something for dummies book. 
And I was like, it was like Microsoft Excel or something. There was some program that I figured I, that I thought I had to use at some point. And so I got a dummies book you know, for it, which is because it does make you, it's sort of comforting um, because it allows you to acknowledge the fact that you just feel like a complete ass in, in, you know, in, with certain uh, talents or abilities you just don't have. And it's nice to, that you don't have to pretend to be smarter than you are because sometimes when you're like out looking, especially with computers, you're trying to find some book to help you walk you through some application you're going to use. And you get the feeling that really, it's like a you must be this smart to ride this ride kind of thing. And the dummies book, and I actually, that has penetrated the, uh, the I think the cultural lexicon to such a point that sometimes if I'm having somebody walk me through something on my, uh, like when I was setting up my home, my Wi-Fi network at home, and our good friend Thomas, the tech man, was kind of giving me the step-by-step over the phone. And I think I actually said to him at one point, speak to me as though I'm a not terribly bright child, <laughs> because that's, you just don't want any room for mistakes. But there was a dummies book that I saw. I won't say who this is, but um, there's somebody uh, we know. I will not identify that. There's somebody we know, a, a grown person, um, and among their possessions one time, I actually did say a CS Sex for Dummies book, which I, I here's the thing, and I'm not making that up. That's not like a kooky DJ thing. There is, in fact, the the Dummies series does make a Sex for Dummies book. And I did you did, like accidentally see it? Were you at their house and you I, on the bookshelf? Uh, I don't. So, did it help this person? I, well, did you talk to them about I, it? I, uh, I can't really. I'm not really the person to answer that, Tim. Um, and it would probably be difficult to find somebody to answer that question without uh, inadvertently revealing the person's identity. But there's somebody we know, and among among their things, I don't think I was intended to see it. It wasn't like it was in a strong box or anything, but I, I don't think... Uh, it was nice to the Reader's Digest condensed books. As you walked by. Sort of. It was uh, because I'd said, uh, hey, where's the blah, blah, blah? And they said, uh, oh, it's uh, over there. And I went, you know, oh, okay, it's, uh, what's this? Oh, oh, never mind. You know, and uh, it was sort of had been sitting out. I think it had not been uh, correctly concealed. Anyway, I have no further It was point. just a coffee table book. <laughs> exactly, Tim. It's, a, it's just more of a conversation piece. <laughs> it's uh, 503-733-2970. It's Tim Riley at the news desk. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Uh-oh, there's a shortage of guns and ammunition in Clackamas County, of all places. Well, it's because they've all been used. Yes, business is up between 30 and 50 percent. What is the sudden interest? Well, apparently people are... First they were afraid of Bill Clinton, and then it was Y2K, and now it's Barack Obama. If, if, the, uh, if the email forwards from my mother-in-law are to believe, uh, maybe to believe him, it's because he's going to be coming for your guns. So is it, what do you say? There's yeah, a sh- somebody's going to take over Clackamas County. We can't have those liberals <laughs> taking over Clackamas County of all places. That's the first county they're going to come for. I was for. just going to say that's exactly the kind I mean, of place. It's the Paris on Earth. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to take over Clackamas County? It's the first on everyone's hit list. That, that's exactly it. Tommy's going to roll in there and, and nationalize Clackamas County. Something uh, for all of us to fear. <laughs> I don't think I can live like that. When, when, They'll be all, all be put behind barbed wire. Avenge me, my son. Clackamas County has been taken over. What the hell are you talking about? That's from Red Dawn. I, I understand the avenge me, my son. But what, well, they're afraid of uh, why would you be behind... Where's the barbed wire? Is that in but, Clackamas? Yeah, there's gonna, barbed wire and in you're, Clackamas. And are you there too? Yeah, eventually. Why would... Why will you be in Clackamas behind barbed wire? No, no, I'm I'm just putting the story together like this. What could happen if people's guns are taken away in Clackamas County? All right. Wait. So when you say that there's a gun shortage in and Clackamas, an ammunition shortage. But what? But what do you mean by that? Are you saying that not enough people have guns, or that the stores there can't keep them in stock? That's correct. Yes. All right. Well, both guns and ammo are in short supply. 
Why do people have trouble getting guns and ammunition in America? I have no idea. There are certain there are certain neighborhoods where you can just buy them on street corners. I would I would imagine that. You know, look, and let's be honest, if you're a person who really desperately feels like you need a whole bunch of guns, Clackamas County is under threat. If you, I mean, if you have one gun, it seems like that's probably an entree to getting probably whatever whatever you need from those in your immediate vicinity. One gun helps you get five guns, I would yeah. think, sooner rather than later. Well, maybe they're stocking up for that big move into uh, downtown Portland on the new Max line once it's put together. You know what I mean? Oh, that could be. Tim, you can't mug somebody with your words. So these gun dealers are urging everyone to please exercise patience. Citizens of Clackamas, arm yourselves immediately. I mean, further arm yourself. All right. Here's Tim Riley at his desk. Well, Seth is going to be on about goats and chickens in Forest Grove. It's becoming a problem. It's a controversy really in Forest Grove. I like how in Forest Grove the problem is chickens. In Clackamas, it's that they want automatic weapons, and they can't quite get them fast enough. And in Clackamas, it's not that they can't get guns and ammo. Mm-hmm. It's that they can't get them at the speed they desire. Right. You know what I mean? Like, i got to be able to because buy Because the takeover guns. is imminent. It should be any second now. They're going to bring Janet Reno out of retirement to go in and just, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, torch the whole place. Jesus. So our goats and chickens are becoming a problem in Forest Grove. See, uh, the townsfolks there want permission to have them, but there is a law in Forest Grove against raising chickens and goats inside city limits. So they're going to go to the city council. And uh, the city code prohibits chickens and livestock in a single residential family zone. It is something that's uh, really... Uh, gnawing at everyone there. So they want to change the ordinance to allow chickens, ducks, and small goats within city limits. So this is not, but it's just, I mean, you're, you could, I mean, you have to have them out back, though, still. It's not like you can have them in your living room, probably. No. All right. Well, I well, suppose you could. Well, this you is like that. Anybody. Was it you? Did you have that story the other day about how, what with these trying economic times, there's a whole bunch of people that are taking lessons on how to grow their own uh, chickens. chickens or something out back? Because, uh, where the hell was it? It was somewhere on Hawthorne. Some hippie, trippy damn place uh, it was one of those herbarium places where you, you go in and this, you can't have chickens in the city limits you can't have roosters but there was a, but there was like a big hippie workshop going on on hawthorne the other day uh laura and i were on hawthorne we went to i don't know we went to pals and we went somewhere other but i had a headache and i didn't have any i didn't want to i didn't have any aspirin you didn't feel like going to a chicken class i'm just i well, i didn't want to go to like plaid pantry or whatever and buy a whole thing of aspirin just you know for one headache and i want to go home so there was this place on Hawthorne, I forget where, but it's, you know, it's like, what a, you go in there and it's like a, one of those shops in Diagon Alley where there's a guy behind the counter and he's got like a whole bunch of jars of weird dried leaves, you know, and, and sort of weird twisty red things that look kind of like peppers, but you suspect that if you take them, you can taste the colors with your mind. Mm. And so Lars says, well, let me duck into the, let me duck into the local apothecary and uh, see if he's got any, uh, any headache powders for you. And I said, that's fine. I'll, I'll stand out here because the place is reeked of incense and whatever. And so she's inside talking to you know whatever the uh, you know the the, the Dumbledore looking guy behind the behind the counter about whether he's got like a headache remedy for me, and I'm just standing up front reading all the signs in the windows, and you know you look in the the, the you know, place like that some hippie store and you look at the signs and it's always just it's almost like a banjo strumming camp or something or like learn how to hit a drum or you know or where you're gonna like learn how to uh, you know how to weave something out of something else into something that nobody wants, but the biggest sign in the window was about learning how to raise your own chickens. And it was like this helpful cartoon drawing of a chicken where the chicken had a thought bubble above its head, like, learn how to raise me. And it didn't have the thought. The other said, and then grow attached to me, followed by killing me and plucking out my feathers and cooking me. But I guess that's a thing that... The chicken has a big smile on its face, walking to its death. (laughs) I live to serve. uh, To serve me. But I, I taste uh, great with barbecue sauce. 
your children will cry. Um, it, it just it seems like one of those one of those fads that is going to be in the news for about six weeks. Or they're going to say, some people are turning to non-traditional ways of feeding their family. Uh, you know, Backyard lo- chicken rake. Carl Click has, you know, has more. And then they'll cut to Carl, and he'll have the, believe, the chickens in the background, and he'll be talking about... He'll be kneeling down with a microphone, getting the clucking. <laughs> he'll be talking to somebody about raising chickens. And then about six months from now, you're going to hear stories about chickens just roaming the streets because people have grown tired of them, and they've just packed them into a crate and kicked them out the back of a car somewhere. Oh, just like on college campuses. Humane society? Mm-hmm. On college campuses, when, um, for the summer you leave, and like you see cats just roaming around because yes. people just kick them out and leave. They, they realize they don't really want them because they're cats. Here's Tim Riley. Time for Brittany Watch. Here's your Brittany Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here's your uh, triple Britney watch for Friday. First, we have Republican Majority Leader Eric Cantor, the, the big head of the Republicans now. He skipped Barack Obama's speech the other night and went to a Britney concert. And you, Really? Yes. And he didn't even take his daughter with him. Why did you go to the Britney concert? I had a political concert. event there, and uh, you know it was, it was simply because it was uh, there to try and help the, help the team, and, and this, is, uh, this is why I was there. So, but you enjoyed it. So, well, look, I think my daughter would have probably enjoyed it a lot more, um, and she was really mad I didn't take her. But uh, she had school that day and the next, and I wasn't going to bring her up here to miss it. I don't what understand. Team was what, he what, what is he talking about? The Britney concert. But I mean, but who is this guy? He is the uh, Republican Majority Leader Eric Cantor. What team is he helping by watching Britney Spears? What political <laughs> event was happening at a Britney Spears concert? That uh, it was Barack Obama's speech the other night. But so why? He but why? The speech to go to see Britney Spears yeah. for the team. Yes, he did it for the team, the right. team of Republicans. Well, all right. Oh, by the way, was it you that was showing me that picture of her and uh, Britney in that unfortunate outfit? Yeah, well, that you was too bad. Talk about a sausage. That's that's like uh, that's like five pounds of meat in a, in a one pound casing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that outfit she had on the other day, and I saw something this morning that she's kind of doing this weird like putting on the Ritz sort of a thing. It's like a top hat tails deal. And there's somebody in Britney's wardrobe department who who does not care too much for her because that's a. <laughs> It's They're all just, kind of ill-fitting. It, yeah, everything just sort of... It's like somebody put her in some shrink wrap in applied heat. <laughs> or it's like, well, you know what else it is? It's like, um, you know when you make a cupcake, you take the cupcake, uh, whatever, the paper, you know, the little, little wrapper thing that it is, you put the cupcake batter in there, and when you put the batter in the cupcake wrapper, it doesn't come up to the top, right? It's about a quarter of an inch. But then as it increases in size while cooking in the oven, it sort of starts to fold over the outside. It kind of flows over the edges. That's kind of what Brittany's skin is doing uh, inside most of her clothing uh, at this point, based on the photos I've seen. Just sort of flowing out like uh, like fleshy lava. Lonely Brittany is sending desperate messages to Adnan Galeb, despite an order for him to stay away from her. The singer has sent a barrage of text messages to Adnan, begging him to help her out of living under the control of her father. But he's unable to apply, uh, reply because he's been ordered by the judge to stay away from Brittany for three years. She's begging him to help her win back her freedom. She's lonely and misses being able to date the men she chooses and feels trapped. She's begging him to meet her. Maybe come up with a plan to get her under, 
get her away from her dad once and for all. By the way, did you uh, hear that horrible audio clip? I heard it, and then I went to tape it, and it was already gone. They'd taken it down off YouTube. There was just uh, another open mic incident with her uh, maybe a week ago. Mm-hmm. She was in, um, I'm going to say Anaheim, but that's not right. She was somewhere. And I listened to it, and I said, by God, I've got to tape this. And so I fired up my the, the recorder on the computer to capture it, and they had already taken the sound clip down. Somebody from Britney's camp had already found it. But they, it. they left her mic open at this concert, and she was referring to, how do I put this on the radio? Um, apparently, the lower half of her uh, costume at this particular night's performance was... Uh, a jar? Uh, a jar is a good way to put it. Uh, it was. Uh, oh, the... There was... Yes. Um, okay, I know what you're It's sort of like... Um, I, have, I have no idea what it's sort of like. There wasn't an Asport display. I, I guess... I guess that she was wearing something that was sort of like bikini bottoms, but uh, they were not... Uh, covering the way they ought to have been, and then at some point had gotten sort of pulled up a little bit. She and, was misfitted for her apparel. Yes, I believe. Uh, I believe there was a bit of a uh, believe there was a bit of an exposure uh, happening, and she was caught referring to it in the crudest of terms on her uh, on her microphone, which is great because oh, it yeah, okay. boomed through the PA into the crowd, where she did in fact say, "I got to get this adjusted. My blank is hanging out." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which then everybody in the crowd hears. It's like 10,000 people all having to process that mental image at once. Here's Tim Riley. And the final part, two of Britney's road crew have been arrested in connection with a morning brawl at a Pittsburgh bar. Alex Montez and Rocky Dickey Jr. have been taken into custody for allegedly assaulting officers at a Southside bar. Mr. Dickey had to be tasered after resisting arrest and knocking <laughs> off an officer's hat. They're all part of the circus tour. It's hard to believe that a guy named Rocky Dickey Jr. would cause any trouble anywhere. Rocky Dickey. God almighty. Here's your Britney Watch Triple Edition for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Nickel Arcade, Vodka in Heaven. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-733-2970 this morning. Coming up later on, your chance of winning guitar hero Metallica. Also, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com will be here. And the top five worst songs ever to go number one. Tim Riley's working on the following. Actually, before we do that. Yes. Just saying Tim Riley. I'm sorry. Let me let me introduce you this way. Hold on a second. Uh, he's not just Tim Riley. He's... So what Oh so, my god, do you have any more? Do I have more? Oh no. I only These have... weren't meant to be played on the air. I sent them to you to listen to privately. <laughs> What's that? I can't hear your statement about privacy over the sound of your uh, shout playing over and over again. Those were for your own personal enjoyment. Really? Yeah, they were. 
You mean I shouldn't be playing them relentlessly on the air? <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Hey, hey, Catchy 101. Hey, Lou, Mary Lou, the Stadler Brothers. That's, uh, that's for you, Daryl. And Sammy, your wife, Stacy, called up and asked for that. You know, a lot of people call up and say, Tim, you only play the things you like and ignore everyone else. Now, that isn't true. I don't just play my personal favorites. Here's a case in point. Uh, this isn't one of my favorites. I know it's one of yours. So this is from so this is from 1992. This isn't one of my favorites. I hate this song. <laughs> I loathe this song with every fiber of my Consultants being. Consultants loved me. Was this now? Was this your last music <laughs> DJ gig? Yes, it was. That's <laughs> hard to believe. I know. I wanted to do talk so badly, uh, and, and it wasn't made available to me there. <laughs> Sometimes one must take what is uh, what is open, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, so was this? What shift were you doing for these? Uh, was this nights? Nights. I was the night man, and then I think I had one daytime show, either Saturday or Sunday. All right, that's my clicking sound here because I'm uh, I'm I opening I this in a separate. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can. Uh, all right. Case in point. Uh, this isn't one of my favorites. I know it's one of yours. I despise the music I am playing <laughs> for a was, sea of rednecks. It was true. You know, I went there because. I was trying to work at K-Rock, and what do I get? A country station. And the worst part of it was I was pulling up a 12-share, and there was no way that I was going to be fired. <laughs> I so desperately wish they'd fire me so I could collect sweet unemployment. But here I remain, manacled to a hayseed hell. Can you all request our your son is going to bed and has to hear a song? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, it's oh like a flashback. God. It's all oh. coming back to me. It's like I was there. God. Always oh, listens to Kay when he goes to bed. Oh, that touches me. Anyway, uh, what you like? <laughs> listen to my patently that insincere touches, oh, that sentiment. That touches me, and you disgust me. <laughs> let's, let's hear the, that touches me, Rube. Yeah, he always listens to Kay when he goes to bed. Oh, that touches me. <laughs> why, why, Tim, it's like you're tucking him you into what? bed with your words. Tim, you why know? haven't you ever had any children? <laughs> He's a natural boy. The worst part was... People love that show. That is so funny. So it's like you're being punished. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, what would he like to hear? He wants to hear Randy Travis digging up bones. Yeah, what's his name? (laughs) The hell is that about? What's her child? (laughs) Seriously, digging up bones, which, by the way, we use as our our grave watch uh, theme, uh, which is actually not about that. It's about uh, about a a very uh, awful post-divorce situation, but... Kevin. Kevin, go to bed. Hey, hey, country 101. <laughs> that touches me. Kevin, go to 24 bed. 24 hours a day, He's seven off. days a week, at home, at work, in your car, or in prison, when you're listening to country. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was, you'll see if you play more. Or in prison. Work in your car, <laughs> or in prison, when you're listening to country. You know you're listening to K-Hey. Yeah, this is uh, Senior Deputy Butel over at the main jail. How are you? Good. Good. Anything prison breaks tonight or anything? No, uh, no prison breaks over here, man. But uh, we just turned on K-Hey, and we got a gal over here that... Uh, Hates country music, so... Oh, is that she, right? I mean, I can't believe that. I know? can't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe that somebody wouldn't embrace the country format wholeheartedly, sir. I like your sharing his outrage and disgust oh, no. that someone doesn't really... Uh, that someone isn't uh, grabbing on to country with everything in them. Must be a communist. Uh, her name's Amy. Yeah, she hates country music, so we need something real country. We're going to have her beaten in the shower. <laughs> All right, let's play something. Shame on you, Amy. You're listening to K-Hey, and you're going to like... You sicken me. And now, live from Caneo Village Bowl, it's Saturday Night Bowling. The torturous remotes. Okay, so what is... Oh, so, man. So these, you are now... the, these are the torturous <laughs> Saturday Night Remotes. And this is when cell phones first came out, so they decided to embrace the cell phone technology. The battery life was like 20 seconds. <laughs>
every time. So here we go with the. So this, where is this? Put, so you are on the air. This is someone else at the remote. Yeah, it's Charlie. Okay, Charlie and so Parker. she's and so, still there, by the way. And so she is calling up to say, like, "Hey, Tim, we're having a good time. Everybody, come on down to the bowling on alley. the cell phone." All right. So she's on. It was like the big Motorola brick. Yeah. Yeah. Those things went dead instantly. Okay. Saturday night bowling live from Canelo Village Bowl. It's Saturday night bowling. <laughs> Charlie oh, Parker. Oh, thank you, Tim. Thank you're you. Welcome, thank you're welcome. You're welcome. Actually, I'm standing outside of Canelo Village Bowl. Does that mean that I'm fading out? Yeah. You kind of faded for a minute there, but you're back. Okay, but I mean, does that little... Do you hear that beep beat noise? I mean, I wonder if that means my battery's dead or what. Oh. Yes, hear that? I, I, you hear that? I think that's what that means, yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, so this isn't like an air check. Is it like that you submitted to me? This is just old... No. That's a that's a flawlessly executed uh, <laughs> like, phone is what that is, Tim. Wait, we can hear me now. That was that was my Saturday night torture. Every wow. Saturday night. Remotes that, that just don't go well. That touches me, Tim. What would you like to hear? He wants to hear Randy Travis digging up bones. And what's his name? Kevin. Kevin is going to bed and has to hear a song. Yeah, he always listens to Kay when he goes to bed. Oh, that touches me. Here's Tim <laughs> Riley with your headlines. A man has shot... Well, I shouldn't start with that one. Uh, a Portland, <laughs> that an awkward a Portland girl was rescued after being swallowed by a sinkhole. Even worse. Uh, the New York Times is laying off hundreds of reporters. We're going to learn how to build a sandbag wall. Rihanna has guns tattooed on her arms as she's nominated for a Kids' Choice Award. Uh, Forest Grove considers allowing goats and chickens in backyards. And a sausage-loving inmate forces the evacuation of a Washington state prison. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. He had two great delusions. One, that he was funny, and two, that he was beloved. On Rock 101 KUFO. What explanation could I possibly give that would make any sense? Horrible backstory. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Well, everybody has a box of tapes from certain decades of their life. And this is from my 90s box. See, mine, I don't have tapes. I have a bunch of mini discs from, like, tons of crap. And when you're looking through, and and I think... These are unlabeled cassettes. And radio people, and I think, I don't know, maybe DJs especially, do go through this... Uh, I think you go through phases where you save every show, and then you go through phases where you don't. And it's a lot different now, I think, actually, because now there's, like, automated recording systems that if you're a DJ, if you're a talk show host or whatever, it just saves everything you're doing. Um... And it just it goes into a master file, and you have to file somewhere, and you have to think about it. But I think back then, there was certainly this... You, you, I mean, you had to really... You had to go out of your way to tape your show every night if you were a DJ, because you just knew that that one golden show, you that all-request hour you did last week, that hot, that that uh, you know that installment of Make It or Break It, that was going to get you a job in, like, New York City. Like, yeah. that was you, that was going to get Scott Shannon to hire you to work at the, you know, KQLZ in Los Angeles. So... And it, as for me, after this, I ended up on the Queen Mary running the breakfast bar. <laughs> That's hey, where this got me. Pardon me, Mr. Riley. I've heard your radio air check. Would you uh, like a job cleaning a sewer? Um, the- and, and that was about the time that Phil Hendry got married and had his wedding reception on the ship. So who comes down one morning to see me running the kitchen? He goes, Riley, I always knew you'd end up with an apron. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, one of these days, you're going to wear the apron and I'm going to come in here. <laughs> and then I will murder you. I was going to end. Then I'll set you on fire. The end. <laughs> Wow. All right. So you were so the, now, Tim, in your basement. Now do you have now do you have a box from each year, from each format? How do you separate no, your air checks? They're not separated. They're, <laughs> they're, big, they're, they're in a are big. Are they even box. labeled? No. <laughs> they're old white cassettes Fantastic. that that uh, salespeople would uh, put spec spots on. Right. That they they bring up to advertise. I don't even know if they do that anymore. But there are big boxes of them, and uh, 
I had to air check, I think, about every show in case somebody asked for one. Right, right, because they want to know, hey, did my, did you say that thing, yeah. or did my commercial play, or did whatever? It, it would go automatically. Do you ever listen, here's your shout, this is from when you were the country uh, jock. The, this is from California, oh, sorry, by the way. Uh, this is uh, Kay Hay from Ventura Santa Barbara, Kay California. What an interesting life must be to be a jingle singer, or to be one of, that's called a, so there's two different things. That, this is that a, costs like 2500 bucks. Wow. That's a that's just an economy that it just seems so completely out of whack with mm-hmm. reality, too. This is a shout followed by a jingle. So the shout is this. Damn, there, there's the shout, and then it's followed by the jingle, which is the... Damn, 100.7 KJY. And there's somebody who has to write that, which is the interesting part. Yeah. There's somebody who sat down at a piano, uh, Alan Thick style, and decided to, to write that out. So... I uh, see, and I I don't have a shout with my yeah, name. Yeah, I don't have on a it. shout either. I don't have that. The only shouts I have actually, and I and I will. I, it's that thing where you almost don't want to play some of your old stuff back though, because it just conjures up just terrible memories, which takes you back to an awful place in your life. Um, and I have some that are they're not even that good though, because they're not like the big five part harmony shout. It's the guy who was doing uh, the the production for my show this is some years ago. It was like one guy in a room, and he would just double his own voice over and over again. Oh, so yeah. it, it so it just sounded like one. It sounded like him and like his five brothers all just kind of screaming into a microphone with no real sense behind it. But I did, I did have this thing where, when I was a country DJ, and this was uh, this would have been maybe 1990 something like that. Because it was right when uh, Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks yeah, came. Kind of had to play it every night. Mm. Every night for oh, yeah. what just seemed like years. And people couldn't get enough of it. No, no, and, it's, and it was like the back to back. It was, uh, it was the, the dance. I got to this country station right as, and this is in Kennewick, uh, my hometown. This is right as the dance by Garth Brooks was sort of fading, and Friends in Low Places was ascendant. So it was like this haymaker followed by just a kick to your junk. And it was that the request lines every night just filling up with rubes, just demanding, oh, to, yeah. <laughs> demanding to hear this song. Um, and, but the, the program director at the time, uh, a woman who I will, uh, I will not identify, uh, because uh, who knows, uh, but uh, she was, um, you couldn't ever, um, she didn't like to be looked at and she it didn't like to be looked at. <laughs> no, and here's That's the random. thing. No, here's, here, they, they told me this when I first got the job, I won't use her name. We'll call her, um, Flossie. Flossie. Do you know a Flossie? Yeah, Flossie. <laughs> Hi kids, I'm Flossie. Um, that was the name of a country DJ I knew way back when. Really? I thought it might, it might have been like a tooth decay uh, mascot or no. something, <laughs> like the tooth beaver. Um, but uh, Flossie, my program director, who also did the morning show, she uh, was a very uh, slender woman with a boyish figure. But then she had her bosoms enhanced. Uh, she had a uh, uh, she had a breast augmentation done. But, and I know this uh, may sound... Uh, this may sound impossible uh, to certain of the, the male demographic, but uh, in her opinion, uh, they'd gone too far. They'd put the wrong size in, she thought. And so, because she was a very small woman, she was not a big woman at all, but she's very flat-chested. And so she had these breast implants done. And apparently she, it, 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 as, as she told the story, she asked for like a C, and they're like, C, right over here, and the, you know, in, in the tray labeled triple D or whatever. And they just, and so they were just massive. They were just unbelievable, like so far out of proportion and 
So she was, I guess, I don't know, she was like saving up to get them redone or to have them take that. But in the meantime, yeah, the she, warranty ran out. She didn't like anybody, so she didn't like to be looked at, though, mm-hmm. because there were guys who would sort of be, you know, it is, again, she's a small woman with these very, very large uh, bosoms because, again, breast implants, and she says they put the wrong size in. So you're not, you, I would just naturally, you would look, your eyes would just go there. And I guess there were stories of like guys who would come into the studio and they like looking for a commercial or a commercial log or something, and they would look. And she would just look over and go, are you looking at my breasts? And it was like, uh, no. And so you just were told after a while, like, Flossie doesn't like to be looked at. So she's the program director, which means I have to talk to her like 50 times a week, but I'm not allowed to look at her. So you would have to talk to her, and then you, but you would have to pick a spot like behind her and above her, like over her right shoulder, and stare at that spot on the look wall. A, a fly on a, a windowsill. Exactly. Like, like verbal kint. That just, is so weird. It was very strange. Anyway. Um, but she didn't like when I was doing this country, uh, when I was a country DJ, this is when I would have been like maybe 17, 18, something like that. Maybe even younger. I mean, if it was nine, I would have been like, yeah, maybe, maybe 16, 17, but she didn't like the fact that I was so young because the country audience, they wanted somebody older with a voice of authority, uh, who sounded like, who sounded like, you know, one of them who was talking, 10 packs of camels, talking the plain truth to him and yeah. playing, playing honest music for salt of the earth people. And so the deal was that she wanted me to try to sound older. And the way that I sounded older, because you'll hear that I actually sound older on this air check mm-hmm. from when I was 16 or something than I do now, 20 years later, because I pushed everything up through my nose, um, like the Silence of the Lambs guy, to try to sound older. So this is, um, let's see here. Uh, okay, now it's just completely frozen on me. Oh, I'm sorry, it's pulled up. Fantastically complicated light and sound systems. It's going to be pretty this is, I'm talking cool. about the living so nativity scene catch here. Catch me there, I'll be there. Um, the Cathedral of the Desert at the uh, Cathedral Office or Columbia Center at the Bon Marche. There are tickets available 19th through the 23rd right here in the Tri-City. This is can you, ever, can you try and talk like that anymore? I think all I can do is kind of push it up the, for me. The you feel like James the desert sounds like a wonderful place. To <laughs> the cathedral of the desert, basically, house of sand. <laughs> come on out to the come on, come on out to the cavalcade of. You grit. know how much you sound like James Gum, right? It's, it's where yeah. God lives. Yeah. <laughs> all right, this. Alan Jackson chasing that neon rainbow. Yeah. Continuous country FM. Continuous oh, country FM. Like what kind <laughs> of a, like disjointed what, words? <laughs> what kind of a station identification is that? Purple even? cotton ball. <laughs> It was like all the index cards fell down at the same time and you just read what fell. Uh, it really is like a weird country beat poetry kind of a thing. <laughs> On Rainbow, Continuous Country, FM. That makes no sense. <laughs> um, all right, one John ahead here. Oh, and I should note, by the way, for for curious uh, listeners who are wondering, so I was using a different name then because... The, where, where was this uh, tape from? This was, in, uh, this was at the uh, Y106 uh, in Kennewick, Washington, which is in the southeast corner of Washington. But uh, before I started my very first shift there, the DJ on the air told me I had to pick a radio name. And I didn't know what that meant. He's like, you know, a different name. And I said, why? And he goes, because everybody does. And so he tossed me a phone book and he told me to pick a different name. And I literally had like 30 seconds before I went on the air. He said, pick a different name. And so I opened the phone book and I, I landed on uh, Taylor. So it's Rick Taylor, which, of course, strangely enough, there's like a thousand Rick Taylors, even in Portland at one point. You can't have a radio station without a Rick Taylor. There's a Rick Bubba <laughs> Taylor at our sister station, a couple. That um, might be his real name. And though. so it was not mine. See, Rick, this is what I think you sounded like. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? Thanks so much. On a rain. Joe Dippy and Would you on rain? Home. 656 down in the Tri-City. It's time to check in with Y106 weather. Well, 
It's bad. Let's just say that now. There's a little less fog <laughs> than yesterday morning at this time. I was, uh, I was verbal even then. Snow and rain, some low clouds still going to be setting. Highs 35 to 40 degrees. Lows 25 down to 20 degrees. Currently 28 at the Dry Cities. I couldn't leave you if I tried. It's Rodney Crowell, Y106 FM. I was just, I mean, you're listening back to that going like, and of course in your head you're the smoothest guy on earth. In your head, you're like you're like you're the, you're the moon dog, Alan Freed. You're Maybe going, we should become a country team. <laughs> we had to do that as like a side gig in the afternoon. Uh-huh. Hey, you know, Tim, uh, CBS is doing more with less, so. Maybe we got to picture ourselves as like, we can do this show in the morning. We can splice these air checks together. And, and then it's like an Andy Kaufman bit. We can do like a, we can have like a, like an alter ego per, uh, team in the afternoon. Where instead of like Rick, Tim, and Sarah, it would be like, you know, Larry, Gary, and Mary, or whatever. Let me do, uh, we'll play one more break here for me. This is uh, me as a country DJ many years ago. We should say the deal is actually that, and in those days, there was a tape recorder, and it would only run when the microphone was turned on. Right. And it would, you know, to save tape. You turn the mic off, tape stops recording. Turn it on. And so, of course, I had the mic on because I'm clearing my throat compulsively a thousand times like DJs do before they start to speak. Um, because, of course, the golden pipes, Sarah, they, you have to maintain well, those. You still, are we not supposed to say that you still do that? <laughs> A Metrocom broadcasting station, Kittlewick, the Tri-City's home for continuous country. This is the big voice guy. This is not me, of course. FM. Kicking off the 7 o'clock hour, Travis Tripp put some drive in your country. I am Rick Taylor putting that drive in the country for you. Stay tuned this hour. We're going to have a whole lot more coming up. Dancy's Dream and rolling out the good times. Y106 FM, continuous country all through the Northwest. I'm Rick Taylor. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I am speaking gibberish. I have no idea why I got this job. Hey, Rick Taylor, uh, you want to take us to break? <laughs> shut up. You shut your hole. Uh, wow. And it's just you're listening to it thinking, like, like in my head, though, it was all coming out as gold. It was just... Wait. Was she a great big fat person? I think it's time to pause. Uh, for station identification and perhaps a few tunes for the racks and stacks, it's the best on wax. It's the Rick Everson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Ramones taking you to rock and roll high school. God damn it. I, rock, I rock, rock, Close. It's the Rick Everson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, where shame lives. Now I want to get some uh, shouts. You know, just for this, like, Rick Emerson show or something. I don't even know if they do those. They must still do those. Oh, sure they do. I mean, I'm there's sure got to be do. formats that, I mean, a lot, I think probably contemporary music formats maybe have gotten away from that, but maybe, mm-hmm. like, probably because they're still oldie stations. Yep. Sort of, uh, not music of your life, but maybe like 70s-themed stations probably, like gold stations probably still have those. All right. It is the Rick Emerson show. It's 503-733-2970. So, uh, so in the last time that we were... Um, in the last time we were playing uh, some air checks by news director Tim Riley from when he was a country DJ. This is K Hay. Yes. Was it actually K H A Y? Yes, it was. It still I, is. Were those coveted call letters? But like they really had to fight for those. Yep. Interesting. Never change. Uh, and then I was at the 
what I just chose to call Continuous Country FM. I guess it wasn't ever important to actually say the name of the station. I don't know if that was like just bad thinking on the PD's part of the time when I was a country jock. or well, whether I... we know it's FM, Rick. It's FM. Well, weren't you saying you worked at a station where you had to say on your digital dial? Yes, on your digital FM tuner. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Shot four times in Navarra, Northeast Portland. Man is in the hospital. This happened last night in front of the Orient Chinese restaurant, 1025 Northeast Broadway. When the cops arrived, they found one male shot multiple times. He was transported to the hospital in critical condition. Well, let's follow up with something we talked about yesterday. This is from Fargo. How do you build a wall of sandbags? This reporter explains it all. Let me tell you something about a sandbag wall. You just don't stack them on top of each other. How many it actually takes to make a wall? To make a two and a half foot wall, it takes 25 sandbags because you have to make them wide at the base and then make a big pyramid. To make a four foot high wall takes 72 bags for one foot. You need 7,200 bags at 40 pounds apiece to make a 100-foot-long wall. And that's what these people are doing. They're trying to build it. You need this type of support rather than just a tall wall that will fall over from the weight of the water. It's like as he's doing this, I can see it's like Tim Russett with his dry erase board talking about it. And then he's still going to need to win Florida and Michigan. All right. Well, so there you go. Um, we talked to uh, Steve Kastenbaum, who was in Fargo earlier today, and I guess it's just... Every time they think they've got it kind of fixed, then it's it's unfixed because you get the, the, the ice dam thing. They blew that up, and then it kind of there's flooding coming in, and it's all kinds of bad. So, I don't even, so I know we've got listeners in Fargo and uh, you know all over North Dakota. So hope everybody's staying uh, safe and dry out there. So, uh, yeah, everybody in uh, Fargo is being warned to leave as soon as possible. Of course, they're not listening. Meanwhile, a 14-year-old New Jersey girl has been accused uh, of chopping know, on. Point, praying and, and, and what seems to be going on over there? Are you okay? <laughs> that we need to be. This is one of those days when I push buttons and they actually do something like a minute to a minute and a half later. <laughs> Sarah and I were sort of snickering. And then you also don't push them like when you're supposed to turn on your microphone. Sarah and I were snickering a second <laughs> no. ago and I wanted to uh, clarify, we weren't snickering at the North Dakota thing. It's no. That we were just playing a few a few minutes ago sort of uh, funny or interesting uh, bad air checks from our past. And now, like today, now we're making here, new ones. <laughs> 2000, well, that's entertainment of tomorrow, Tim. I suppose it it's is. just show prep that we're not going to use uh, for another 10 years. Um, yes, uh, today, <laughs> actually, on, uh, you know, on March, uh, what is today? March uh, 20, 28th or whatever, 2009. Yes. There's Tim, like, speaking with his microphone turned off. <laughs> and then hitting sound bites that play 40 <laughs> seconds later when they're no longer relevant. That's uh, it's fantastic. Here's Tim Riley with more headlines. A 14-year-old New Jersey girl is accused of child pornography after posting nearly 30 explicit nude pictures of herself on the MySpace. Now, charges that could force her to be forced to register as a sex offender are convicted. She could also go to jail for 17 years for posting nude pictures of herself because she's 14. She did so because she wanted to impress prospective boyfriends. Repeating a story we had earlier... An inmate hankering for hot sausage got in hot water. When the cooking fire he set in his toilet forced the evacuation of a prison wing, this happened in Clallam Bay, Washington. Uh, Denise Lawson saw smoke about uh, 925 coming from a sore vent pipe. She says 130 inmates of the close custody unit near the tip of Washington's Olympic Peninsula were evacuated to a dining hall while firefighters were summoned. 
The smokeless chased to an inmate cell. He admitted he was trying to heat up some sausage in the toilet. Did we ever figure out where Clallam County is? Did we ever by figure out where the heat came from? It says at the tip of Washington's Olympic Peninsula. You know, that's a really good question, actually. Like, how is he heating it in the toilet? That's, that is a good question. That is actually a really good question. The prison sausage, I mean, he was not happy, apparently, with the quality of the prison sausage that he was being served. No, it, well, that was the free sausage. He went and paid for this because it's a, a better quality. Well, Tim, <laughs> a lot of times the sausage you pay for is better than the sausage you can get for free. I think we all know that that's the case. So the toilet chef has been placed in a segregation. <laughs> he's he's been sent to the cooler for a little discipline. <laughs> the cooler? Mm-hmm. The toilet chef. This says Rick. This email. The prison story raises more questions than it answers, at least in my mind. For example, one. What is an inmate store, and why are they selling sausage to people who don't and should never have access to cooking equipment? Do they allow inmates to purchase other things there, like raw sausage that are useless to them as prisoners? That's a good question. Where would he even have gotten the sausage? It says, from the prisoner sausage store. But why? Okay. I think the, the question the emailer has, which is a fair one. Well, it's kind of a soft life in prison these days. <laughs> it's a the sausage in the cable TV and all. <laughs> the, yes. Um, I think the, the, the question he has here is... Why is he allowed to buy sausage if they're not allowed to have cooking equipment? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, he had to cook it in the toilet, right? Because there's no cooking equipment. Mm -hmm. So if there's no cooking equipment, why does the store sell sausage? That is a good question. I don't know. Are they just supposed to gnaw on raw sausages? He says, do they? He says, do they sell other items that are theoretically useless to them, like dry cat food, fresh seafood, or whole coffee beans? Um, he says, by the way, the phrase, I bought this sausage at the, at the, at the inmate store is fantastic. <laughs> I really bought the sausage at the inmate store that time, Fred, let me tell you. You can nope. see that on closed circuit TV and the, the commercials wow. on the way to the prison cell. And he says, too, I might have missed this. Try as Tim the inmate with... sausage today. <laughs> I don't know that you have a choice, Tim. Um, oh, the, uh, try our inmate sausage, and if you make any noise, we'll kill you. Two. I might have missed this, he says, as Tim was reading, but does the toilet chef use gas or charcoal to grill with? Does he use mesquite, hickory, or applewood for his preferred uh, smoky flavor? Or does he use just human waste in pruno? <laughs> good God almighty. That is a good question. That's the best story ever. Mm-hmm. I have never I, I've, I've, I've never heard a better story than that. <sighs> wow. Okay. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. There's a blind rapist on the loose in New Jersey. Apparently, uh, this blind man befriended the victim and said he would fix her broken refrigerator. Instead, he allegedly choked the woman and took advantage of her. He claims it was consensual. Uh, so far, uh, they haven't reached a, uh, the jury has not reached a conviction on this one. So that's uh, New Jersey. Meanwhile, it's time for Taser Watch. Here's your Taser Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. I love this show. I really do. I love everything about it. So if I punch up some sound bites, I may play within 20 minutes. So I'm going to start right now. <laughs> Don't ever get your hopes up right now. Like, let's modulate our expectations. Police in Michigan say a 15-year-old boy has died after being tasered by officers who were trying to break up a fight. They didn't release his name. They're investigating. Many city police say officers answered a report of an early morning fight. 
A statement said two males were arguing in an apartment. One of them was attempting to fight with the officers. Uh, police say officers tasered him, and his reaction led them to immediately call for emergency medical help as he was pronounced dead. A uh, police officer has been placed on administrative leave. Dateline, Kennewick, Washington. That's the home of, uh, that's the home of quality, Tim. You know, it's also the home of, uh... Oh, damn it, I hit the wrong one. That was supposed to be... play Rick Emerson. That was trying to be Billy as a country truck. Continuous country, Y106 FM. FM is the important part there, Tim. Good morning. <laughs> a 21-year-old Pasco man couldn't outrun a Connecticut uh, Kennewick motorcycle cop or avoid being shot by a taser gun. Kennewick Police Sergeant Kenneth Latton... Uh, who patrols on a motorcycle, tried to stop a car with no brake lights at Vineyard Drive in Garfield. The owners identified as Aaron Irvine, took off, then dumped the car and tried to run away. He was chased, and uh, as the police officers circled around the area, they ended up on Fruitland Street, where the man ran into a canal ditch, forcing the police officer to ditch his motorcycle and chase him. He cut up with him in the backyard of a nearby home, stuffed him with a taser. You're not going to get away from me. On a motorcycle. Let's see. We can go anywhere you can go. Irvine was arrested and booked into the Benton County Jail on several outstanding warrants, including one for third-degree escape from the Benton County Sheriff's Office. I know exactly where that intersection is, by the way. I went to school about a block from there. And uh, it, 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 like, Kennewick is one of those places in my town where I grew up. And I don't know how many people live there now, but it was, I mean, it was minuscule when I grew up there, and it can't be much bigger now. Like, why would you even run from the cops in a place like that? Because there's only so many. I mean, it's like it's like running away from the cops inside, a, you know, like a small locked bathroom. There's only so many places you can hide. Um, and it's just a matter of time before they turn over every rock. But, of course, uh, you know, growing up in Kennewick means you're probably uh, not going to be that bright for the first, oh, I would say, 20 years of your life. So you might not really be uh, you might not really be aware of the fact that the cops can, you know, chase you and then tase you. And the best part is they tased him. Right near what I think was probably this time he was a very full, uh, full irrigation ditch, which means uh, he fell into water that is filled with waste and bacteria. So that it, would be a park there. <laughs> it's a resort. It's a lovely. Uh, it's a lovely getaway in the uh, in the town of Kennewick. It's me as a uh, as a Kennewick DJ. Y one hundred six FM, Ricky Skaggs. Let it be you. Continuous country now at six forty-seven. Coming up at on seven o'clock. It's like portions of my mouth have just been sealed off with like caulking agent or something as I'm speaking. All right, there's your double uh, taser watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Richie wants us to know, guy on line two has eaten sausages in prison. <laughs> well, the, the days are long, sir. One needs to find entertainment wherever one can. We'll, uh, well, let's get that call now. Hello, yeah. hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick, this is Don. Hello, Don, how are you today? I'm oh, pretty good. Are you calling from prison now, sir? No. All right, what were you in prison for? Um, drug offenses. All right. Uh, so, uh, what? Please to explain this statement here about the sausages in the prison. Okay. When you're in close custody and medium custody, you have a store. You can once a week you can go buy sausages, ramen, and all that. So it's like the prison canteen. Yeah, basically, coffee and all that. Well, 
when you are in medium custody and close custody, you don't get out to use the microwaves or anything like that because they have those there. So you, if you're in a cell with a steel toilet, stainless steel toilet, you drain, you flush the water out of it with a cup, and then you take toilet paper, roll it up tight, light it up. It, it creates a hot heat. You put that in the toilet, and then you because it's the fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, I don't. I guess what I'm, I'm I'm puzzled here, but why would they sell you the sausage though? Like if you're a guy in a cell with no stove, what do they think you're going to do with that? Well, you you cut it up and put it. You, you're supposed to you you cut it up and put it in ramen. Oh, it's pre-cooked. Yes. It's okay. Pre-cooked. All right. So it's not. So this isn't like raw. Okay. So it's pre-cooked sausage. No, right. it's for your convenience. Okay. All right. But but then but then sometimes you want to sometimes uh you know sometimes you, you, you that's fine but sometimes you want to maybe toast it for a little uh. A little, right. you know, make it a little, little variety. All right. And plus, if you work in the kitchen and you smuggle stuff back, then you cook it. Okay, you know, no, fair make... enough. All right. Yep. So now, but if you're setting a fire in the toilet of your cell, doesn't that get noticed? I mean, isn't it? Doesn't somebody walk over? Hey, your your toilet's full of flames. Well, he done it too hot. He done it too much. Yeah. Because All right. I mean, we, we, it's common practice to cook in your toilet, because that way, when the the cops show up. You just flush it. Now, if you flush it, though, isn't the toilet going to explode? No, because it's a stainless steel one. Oh, okay. That's why they build them that uh, way. All right. Okay. I was going to say, because... You can cook and use them for whatever else. Uh, By the way, I say this, my knowledge is all based on the movie uh, uh, Alcatraz, the whole shocking story with (laughs) Telly Savalas, where he builds a fire in his toilet, then flushes it, and it blows his whole wall open because it immediately, you know, the steam expands and it blows the pipes apart. Um, All right. And so did you... So you did this yourself? Yes. Does it have a weird taste if you're cooking sausage over, you know, toilet paper in a toilet? No. Really? It doesn't have any sort of weird, like, I would think the paper would have it like a dye or something. It would give no, it a weird... Because you, you make a, what they call a donut out of toilet paper, and you, you roll it tight, and it actually creates a blue heat. Interesting. And you don't put the sausage in the toilet. It's so hot that you can keep it above the rim. All right, then. All right, so how I long... I wonder is... if that's a habit that's hard to break once you get back in civilian life. Just well, go to Don's house right now, and he's... He's just uh, hunched over the John, deciding to make himself some stir-fry. Uh, I got torches, so I don't need that. Excellent. Uh, how long have you been out, sir? Uh, six and a half years. Uh, on the straight and narrow since then, I hope. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening. You can call us anytime, sir. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. There you go. I learned so much That's on this done. program. Well, you know, we try, to, uh, we try to inform as well as entertain. I think you succeed. Well, I had all that practice, uh, you know, back at Y106. Um, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Still to come, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Your uh, shot at winning Guitar Hero Metallica as well. Unless uh, more news from Tim Riley. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay right there. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This guy has an interesting observation. That after listening to the guy who was creating a miniature stove out of his toilet, does it occur to you that the prison system is in fact taking thousands of criminals and making them into mini MacGyvers? I am unnerved by this. That's a good point, sir. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? We have someone weighing in on... Uh, we are playing uh, some air checks from former incarnations of, uh, you know, of us, uh, former stages of our career. So we had Tim Riley here. Can you... Uh, am I up over there? Let me see. This is... We had just a little bit yeah. of... Uh, we had a little bit of Tim Riley as, uh, as country DJ. I think this is the second one. I don't know if we played, we played the first one. This is the second one. Hey, hey, 101 West. 
Yes, in California some years ago. Yes, Got to be clear early this morning with light winds and then a beautiful California day. Mostly sunny skies, 70s at the beaches and 90s in the inland valleys. Just too hot. Great day to skip work. Right now, Santa Barbara at 56, L.A. 65, 59 at continuous new country. 100.7 KXAY. Color 25, you're the winner. You got to see Plim Black and Aaron Tippin at Santa Barbara. Sounds like you're way in the oh, back of the room. Me, That's, That's a great phone system. <laughs> I tried to run through the garage, I slipped and fell on my butt, and I still made it. Okay, it's like you're not bleeding or anything. No, no, no. 100.7. The great thing about it is. See, now as news director, you can freely exercise your your, uh, your many and sundry thoughts on humanity. But there you had to sort of pretend to be polite. The great thing is just like the very clear contempt that you have for the audience between the lines there as, you were, as you're playing the country hits for them. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, this email says about, uh, about Tim's country air checks. While listening to Tim Riley as a country DJ, here's what I'm envisioning. I mean, he sounds like he's so above that type of music format, and we all clearly know he is. There is an undercurrent to his voice, though, that says, God, take me now. It's true. I picture Tim sitting in a dark studio, hair perfectly styled, a silky smoking jacket, and perhaps a snifter of brandy in one hand. While the country songs are playing, he sits contemplating what he has become. A single tear falls down his cheek while Friends in Low Places plays in the background. <laughs> I would say that, that would probably be correct. Is that an accurate assessment? I would say so, yes. Um, this went on for like four or five years, believe it or not, every night. Just endlessly. I couldn't get out of this radio station. Well, it's only fair that I, that I play just uh, one more snippet of myself. So this is uh, me as a, uh, a country DJ. Uh, this is uh, 20, almost 20 years ago in, in my hometown of, uh, of, uh, of Kennewick. Let's see. The same. I think it's the, it's the same song, but I think it's actually because it was a power and it was up like every two hours. Oh, yeah. You want to kill yourself. Really. <laughs> this is a great song. Can I hear it every single hour for nine weeks? That'd be wonderful. A Metrocom broadcasting station, Kittlewick, the Tri-Cities home for continuous country. Y106 FM. Kicking off the 7 o'clock hour, Travis Tripp put some drive in Oh, your... I think this actually is the same segment that I played earlier. That's totally, that's my fault. I want you to know on that same note that uh, there is a Tri-City Christmas tradition for thousands of people coming thousands your way. The Cathedral of, of the Desert presents the Living Nativity on December 13th through the 16th and the 19th through the 23rd. Tickets available at the Cathedral office and at the Bon Marche at Columbia Center. Anything available at the Bon Marche, by the way. That's where quality <laughs> lives. That's uh, that's how you can it tell it. It sounds very a... chic. It has something called the Barn Marche. <laughs> or is it the Barn Marche? The Barn Marche. I mean, that's, and that's just country, by the way. I mean, I got I did uh, the, the oldies several times. I did uh, CHR Top 40, which is... The Top 40 one is just the most ridiculous, though, because it's me screaming everything. Uh-huh. Uh, where, I mean, the kids today, they don't, they don't hear that kind of radio, where you're just where you're doing this... Where you're just shouting everything at the top of your lungs like an idiot. You just, turn down the mic and then just yell everything over the top of it. Let's see if we can just... Uh... This is me as a, this is me as a top forty DJ. What is the song? Around the same time period. I'll take songs I never want to hear again for a thousand. Years. So this would have been me on a station that doesn't exist anymore. OK ninety five. You can hear the feedback. What's that mic? Is that the mic? Feedback? It's feedback because I had cheap ass headphones and they were so loud that they were feeding back into the mic like Jimi Hendrix. 
Okay, 95 FM 931 on a Monday night with Rick Taylor in for Greg yeah. Lang. It's time to do that. Okay, 95 love mush and gush. They notice the dedication to two two ninety five. See, how I said love mush and gush all together. There. I like this version of Rick Taylor better. Three things, two of them rhyme. He's a little more upbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's because I it's because I was uh, helping the young people stay awake for their studies, Sarah. I was playing uh, I was playing the hip happening sounds of but then. What would uh, they be studying for? I don't know. I studying studying some uh, correspondence course in the vein. Hope that it would get them out of Kennewick, Washington. Mop up radioactivity. Exactly. Pick up that phone and call them in. The Okanagan Five dedications. You see, that's where I'm. That's where I'm just doing the big boss jack that's in the back <laughs> of my throat. Okanagan Five FEMF in the Sin City remix of Unbelievable. It's nine thirty six in a Monday. Rick Taylor. So that's the thing where it's like it's still kind of in the back of my throat, but it's uh, but it, it's a little more heavily processed. And I'm and you could tell that the whole thing was just to just sort of shout everything into the microphone like this because then if you weren't enthusiastic it sort of it accomplished the trick of making it look like you were. And for Greg DeLang, and you know what that means? It's time to do the OK ninety five love. This is me reading love requests, by the way, from the horny teenagers to to one. This is before they before you could post nude photos on MySpace. You had to call a DJ, <laughs> and he would pass along your inane teenage thoughts to other uh, to other students. Much gush dedications. Okay, this next one's going out to Melissa from her friends. Happy birthday. From Wade to Aaron, from Rob to Jamie, with lots of love. Over a bed with kissing noises in the background. Could I possibly have been more of a retard? From Tracy to Walter, who named this guy, huh? From Brandon to Nicole, from Lindy to Tyler, kiss, kiss, hug, hug. From Nikki to Brent. Kill me. Oh. Jerry to Carrie. Oh. From Angie to Jeremy. And finally going out from Pam. Like, what does that even mean? Why would you even do that bit where you're saying, like, you know, from Bill to Cindy? What, who cares? I guess it was a different time. It was before the MySpace and the Facebooks. <laughs> it was before thinking and quality uh, were in vogue, Tim. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I should uh, I should wrap this up. This segment. No. Of getting... This is this segment has been called Getting to Know Rick, Tim, and Sarah. Forgot. Who are Rick, Tim, and Sarah? Where do they come from? How do they come into existence? So Tim spent many. You did country, Tim. What other? You did uh, oldies. Love songs. Did you? You did it. So you like a love format, like a quiet storm the kind new of a thing. Ninety-two point seven. You've got your own radio station now, Simi Valley. What do you care? <laughs> what What kind of uh, What kind of songs would you play? Give me a sample song. Here were the Carpenters and Close to You. Ugh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did the Top 40, Oldies, Country, Classic Rock, Sports Talk, which was inside. I didn't, know, I didn't have to like talk about sports, but I had to do, I think I had to do sports news at one point. That was just, that was ridiculous. Um, I did country a couple of times. I did like a hot country format where it was like you're playing like a dance remix of Boot Scoot Boogie or something, something stupid. Um, you're, I remember during that time we had to dress up as cowboys and get the hats and everything. <laughs> Put on this checked shirt, Mr. Riley. Do it now. <laughs> Actually, that's what it came down to. <laughs> like, Please tell me there's a photo. Uh, I still have my white jacket at home. It was a white silk jacket. I demand that you wear it on. to work. Okay, I'll wear Please. it one day. We should all wear bad radio clothing no, uh, I, I one day. I should wear a shirt from OK95 FM. Do you, here's a classic OK95 clothing story, and then I'll play one final piece of audio. This one's from Sarah Dillon. Uh, no. Yes. Can I no. tell you this? Yes. Can I tell you this? When I worked for that okay, station... yours are only 15 years old. This one's like four years. No, ours are older than that. Yeah, but, but <laughs> look, you're not allowed to bitch because you're young, okay? It's, mine is for you. You're but 20 years so old. stupid. You know what? I'm, yes, but I'm, uh, but I'm uh, not getting any younger, sir. I'm, uh, I'm on the downside of uh, one decade and heading to another at the moment. The classic, by the way, OK95 OK radio t-shirt story is that they... 
they finally, they were so excited one year because they got a budget to make T-shirts for the radio station. And I saved one of these, by the way. It sounds like a WKRP story, but it's real. The, the general manager, uh, whose name I forget, she was so excited. We got a budget for radio uh, shirts. And they're all gross colors like pea soup. No, these were all, it was the 80s, so it was all fluorescent. Oh, great. Fluorescent orange, fluorescent pink, fluorescent whatever. But it was like, you know, just like a real radio station, we've got T-shirts. And it was like, that was like what was, was going to make us a real player in the Kennewick radio world. So she, and we all get, it's just like that scene in Almost Famous, where they bring out the Stillwater shirt, and there's like the out-of-focus guys, and then Russell uh, Hammond. She brings out the T-shirt, and it says, OK95 FM, and then it shows a car radio with like jagged fluorescent lightning bolts, and it says, going ballistic. Ballistic, totally misspelled. <laughs> totally misspelled one L instead of two. Complete, and I pointed. I said, uh, I think it has. Um, it's supposed to have two L's. And there's just long, like I'd suck the air out of the room. And then we all agreed never to talk about it again. All right. So we've played Tim Riley, news director, his country air checks. We've played uh, me, uh, your humble narrator, uh, some of my uh, country, and then uh, top forty air checks. And then uh, Sarah X Dillon. Uh, this is from. Well, we'll just say this. This is from a few years back when uh, the lovely Sarah X. Dillon was working at uh, whatever they called it now. 94.7 Alternative Portland. Sarah, your accent sounds fake. I didn't know what you're talking about. I've only lived in America my whole life. Um, you're a bad person. So this is from when uh, Sarah Dillon worked on the oh my morning show. God, I haven't heard this in years, P.S. Uh, I sent this to you, and I have not listened to it. And so this is when you were doing mornings with, uh, with Greg at, at k and yeah, so It was Alternative Mornings with Sarah and Greg. Now it's just Alternative Mornings with Greg. All right, so we're going to play what is the one adjective that will uh, describe uh, Sarah's delivery here on this air check. Three of them. But uh, speaking of new is, albums, uh, Unwritten Law, are going to be having. Uh, they have a brand new album coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, they've sort of taken a grassroots mm-hmm. way to get mm-hmm. buyers into the mm-hmm. stores, haven't they? Yeah, so people use a lot of interesting ways to market their you know, their product, and uh, Unwritten Law are definitely no exception. So if you head to their website at unwrittenlaw.com slash wakeupcall, you can register to have Unwritten Law call you to remind you to go out and buy their album on the day that it comes out. So um, if you want to get that phone call... So, you, um, sound really, so, um, so, um, you sound really invested in this story, Sarah. Could I sound... I really enjoy the people I work with over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is my dream job. Oh, my God. I'm still paying up college loans for this. Um, I love doing mornings here. On February 1st by a member of the band. Um, You better hurry because today... If I skip ahead, will it be more exciting? You better hurry. He was 14 years old. Mm. Yeah. That's like halfway through the air check. Hold on. i got to back up a little to see what this is. No, no, no. That Carson first showed uh, a flair for show business. That was when he was a magician, the great Carcini, and uh, the Elks and Moose. Oh, this is Carson's. Starting when he was 14 years old. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and mm, yeah, stop. <laughs> right. One one more segment, then we'll uh, get caught up. And Aaron Duran will join us. So in 2004, he released his album Long Gone, and he's nominated for best. Could I sound more bland? Performance for his song Metropolitan. No wonder when Live. I sent this air check to people so, that uh, hired previously me. Previously won two. Is that what you put this together? I'm sorry, that's how that came out. Too <laughs> no, because I didn't know what I was doing. Were you I using was... this to get a job? I don't know. I don't <laughs> even want to think about it. I don't know. Your passion for the format and the music really my... shows I'm, through. I love alternative mornings. It's alternative mornings with Sarah. It's everything I dreamed of. We're all about the city. He was a magician. So, um, so, um, so, um. We capture the vibrancy of the Portland alternative audience. We're not jarring in the morning. Grammys, the first in 1992 uh, for alternative music album make Phone it... Machine, and the second for best contemporary folk album Mule Variations. You know what it makes this... I stay? How did I possibly last for like a year there? They thought it was fantastic. Yeah, thanks. No, Sarah, it's because you're 
I am monotone. <laughs> I have a monochromatic delivery. It's like it's. Like, I am unthreatening in every way. <laughs> like a morning show done by that girl from Small Wonder. Uh, you know how to make that better if you just put like a big talk bed underneath it. Uh, you know, it's like some slamming techno bed uh, under the, the bottom of. That's really the key to energy, Sarah. All right. No, well, leave the talk bed out. It makes the break go by so much faster. <laughs> there isn't any more of that, right? Oh, there's like a minute and a half more, but no, we, no, won't, no. we won't okay, play thank it. Thank you. Now. We'll uh, save it for a special time. Aaron Duran uh, coming up. Aaron's going to be reviewing Fanboys, and we will give you a shot at Guitar Hero Metallica, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, plus, uh, today's top five, we have the top five worst songs ever to go to number one in America. Top five worst songs ever to go to number one. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. And you're joining us. It is 503-733-2970. It is Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming by. Ahead, more headlines with Tim Riley at the news desk. Also, your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica. We'll have uh, another edition of Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. Uh, final uh, Metallica Guitar Hero giveaway uh, for the week. It's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from geekinthecity.com. Our good friend Aaron Geek in the City Duran uh, joining us today. Hello, Aaron. How are you Hello. today? <laughs> Hello. How are you doing over there? I'm fine. I'm messed Lime up. Boy. There's a short in this. I can't tell if headphones? I'm talking or not. Yeah, no, you're fine. No, <laughs> okay. it's fine. Yeah, the headphones going to be a little sketchy. Yeah. So. Are those our new fancy ones? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the headphone. I think it's the jack. Yeah, the jack gets a little... Uh, gets a the little jack is jack? There, so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hello. Hmm. Smooth. All right. No, I. The top forty job is already taken, sir. I've already got that nailed down. I'm trying to redeem myself from that horrible bland air check. You know, it, it's. Here's the thing: is that when you were doing, uh, we were just playing an air check from uh, Sarah when you were doing mornings at the at Gate RK, and th- they, there is a sort of, um, I would say there is a sort of. Uh, I keep I keep trying to find a word that's not negative. They do have a they do have a very um, make a make a positive sandwich. A, Rick. <laughs> they have a neutral delivery sometimes at that mm-hmm. station. Let's put it that way. They try to let the music do, do the talking or whatever. So well, because they have you know a lot of music, a little talk. Yes. Yes. And so it does manifest itself as just. They have of, music in the mornings. It just it does. I kind of sound like I was talking like Christopher Walken. It does have a uh, it does have a bit of a detached feeling to it occasionally. So I would say in in that context, Sarah, don't beat yourself up. Your air check wasn't that. Look, at least you weren't just, just yammering like a moron over some song by the Rhythm Syndicate. <laughs> it's P A S S I O N. Good morning. They're, they're kind of like a hyper NPR host. Yeah. I and why was I ending my country air checks by just going Good morning? I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, <laughs> no call just no... letters, just on. FM. <laughs> no, no context given. There's no, no reason why it has to be said. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, so we heard earlier in the week, Don Taylor from uh, Cinematical was talking about Monsters vs. Aliens, and then I didn't even realize that the movie Fanboys is opening, because that's one of those movies that's been in development for like 50 years. Uh, almost a decade. So what is it? Give us the background real quickly on what Fanboys the movie is. The, the premise of Fanboys is that it revolves around a small group of friends, and one of them is dying of cancer. And they decide that before he dies, he's going to see the Phantom Menace before anyone else. So this takes place in 1998. Right. Okay. So, the, yeah, the premise is that it's a, a wacky road trip across the country with these group of hyper-stereotypical fanboys because they want their friend to see Phantom Menace because he's likely not going to survive. So this takes place in, like, 1998 or something? Yeah, or? yeah like in 98, right. yeah. And, and the guy who wrote this movie, he wrote this movie, Fanboys, and it's an interesting premise, I suppose. It's kind of a charming premise. But it, it, but it, it, it took forever to get the movie made, and then I guess he got kicked off the film at one he point. He got kicked off the film because it, 
it, yeah, it took forever to get made. It had tons of rewrites, tons of um, uh, reshoots, and then the Weinstein's got involved. And that's always a good sign. <laughs> and uh, they this just will be great when I cut an hour of it. Yeah, out. and then, you know, then they sat on it for years and years and years, and then some actors, you know, exploded. You know, like you know, um, like some of the Apatow people got you know popular and famous, so the Weinstein's are like, oh, let's shove them in a couple of bit scenes, and then uh, let's set this sucker up to you know to cinema right. or whatever to the theaters. It's just not very good, and they didn't give it a wide release. They didn't even give it a real decent kind of indie film festival I heard that it just kind of got scuttled out the door real quickly. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't go direct to video with it. It does seem like a great, if somewhat niche, film that just looks so much better on paper than the actual reality of it. It Yeah, uh, yeah, on paper, it's a really great premise, and has all these cameos by tons of Star Wars alumni, you know, comes without a shock, you know. Jay and Silent Bob kind of have a short little cameo. William Shatner shows up as himself. I mean, he's the one who gets in the blueprints to uh, Skywalker Ranch. They're like, how'd you do that? I'm William Shatner. Yeah, I mean... You know what I mean? But it's just... The biggest problem with it is, A, every single character in there is mean, and you could give two rips for them. Right. They are... They're they're the kind of fanboy geeks that give the rest of us they that give geeks a bad name yeah they're they're totally they're all comic book store guys well, and does it hang over if the whole premise is that the guy's got cancer and so his friends want to help him get to skywalker ranch to see phantom s before he dies does it just hang over the film that like the movie sucks that he's like that he's making this big trek to see something that's no good <laughs> um no and i wish you know i wish they'd have kind of done that like he'd have finally It'll be the best it. movie ever what would have been you know if they would have ended up like oh well at least i have death to look forward to <laughs> See, that would almost redeem the whole thing. It really would have, but it's just it's not it's just not very good. It's a movie you want to like, but I really, really wanted to like it. I couldn't like it. Every character was mean. They were these terrible geek stereotypes. The jokes were not the jokes weren't funny. Particularly to the crowd they're supposedly right. trying to target. It's as if Kevin Smith was even less subtle with his jokes than normal. Well that's unfortunate. So yeah. Uh. It, it yeah. Well that's so the uh, the word from geekinthecity dot com is sources point to no. no. Sources port too. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the uh, top five here in like ten seconds. Richie's uh, telling me I should uh, I should take this. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program, uh, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Ah. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Well, this would be Brandon, the movie guy. Hello, Brandon. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. And here uh, we are on the radio, speaking to thousands of people. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, uh, can I voice an opinion on fanboys? Richie claims that you're funny. He says, uh, Brandon wants to introduce himself. He's funny. Well, I did want to say hi because, you know, I felt kind of awkward because here I am listening to you guys and you can't hear me. So I felt kind of like a stalker. And I, I don't felt... understand what's happening in this call right now. <laughs> Have you called before? Uh, no, this is the first time I'm calling you guys here. Um, Are you Brandon the film geek guy? Yes. I do. Who, who knows? I don't... Raise your hand if you understand Aaron anything that's to. happening right now. Local filmmaker, right, Brandon? Brandon? Pretend we know nothing. Go. Okay. Be uh, funny. Well, uh, oh, God. Uh, put me on the spot here. I just got to work. Uh, okay. I just wanted to voice my opinion on uh, the fanboy thing here. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I can tell from the get-go. The trailer looked, looked okay. You know, it looked like they could you know do something with it, but you can tell they were going to pull it off. The road, the, the road formula they went with, you know, the old traveled. Well, it's like the bucket the, list thing, but with, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, that, that that doesn't really work anymore. That's something that you'd see commonly between you know, the last, like, 50 years of film. By the way, like, Richie has changed the assessment on the screen to not funny, in all caps. He's, your status oh, has been down. Your sta- I'm not saying that's my assessment. I'm brown. saying Richie with a, with a sad face. He's like a Guitar Hero audience track. <laughs> I'm coming down off my Vicodin. You know, I, just, I went to the dentist, and 
You should I be hilarious. Think, honestly, well, before I just called because I wanted to, you know, say hi because I felt awkward because you know no one knew who I was, and I obviously know who you are now. So. And do you uh, do you do you feel better having having done that, sir? Oh, much much better. Oh, you know this whole time. All right, thank you. You know the whole time I was trying to find that phone cutoff noise we used to use through this call, the thing that's like the fake static when we hang up on somebody. That ah, didn't really come together. Here's your top five for five, Friday on the Rick Emerson four, Show. Four, three, two, one, fire. I'm going to find that sound effect. So there's a there's a sound effect that we would always drag out, and we would we would slot it in and we would play it to end a call. And of course, I was fate denied me. I'm looking through my sound effects here and I don't see it. All right, here is Tim Riley with today's top five. Now, Aaron, these are in your assessment the top five worst number one songs ever or most undeserving, most undeserving grading. Yeah. Okay. These are the top five most undeserving number ones. Of all time, in the opinion of Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Honorable mention goes to Ebony and Ivory from Paul McCartney. <laughs> Who Steve hates Wonder. Ebony and Ivory? Me, because it's a stupid song. Me too. All right, See? well, it's terrible. Way to bottom line it. I like your brevity <laughs> of thought. No, seriously, I like I like the way you encapsulate it. Bam! Nobody hit the post on that. I mean, oh, there was a joke, and it's I just so went for it. like offensive. <laughs> That's the thing. Because <laughs> like, it's just so dumb. It's you about are a piano. Cracker and I am blind. I mean. No, it's not about a piano. But, uh, but see, it's a pun. It's a thing, Ebony and Ivory, because it's the black keys and the white keys on the piano. And nothing says number one hit like pun. I'm just... I can't believe I'm trying to defend Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there are worse songs. It was better when it was done on Saturday Night Live. That is true. Piscopo yeah. makes everything Pis- better. Yeah. All right, these you are, are Aaron... blind as a bat and I am white. <laughs> Aaron Duran's uh, top five undeserving number one songs. Tim? Number five, The Informer, I Snow. Yeah, oh, snow, really? Boom, boom, down. Okay. <laughs> Boy, the I used to be able to do this entire song by memory. Why don't you try? Oh, I can't anymore. Now we boom, boom, down. Let's. Well, stop for a second. We should. We're talking, so this song was big in what '93, maybe? Yeah. '92. Yeah. See, I don't understand I never the problem with this said. song either. Like, like the song, don't like the song. This isn't the worst thing ever. But it was number one in the country. You know, but you know the song. Everybody on earth knows this song. But it's a sterile, terrible song. This is when, like, Shanice and, like, all other, like, horrible singers were popular, Oh, too. man, yeah. So it's I, kind of the best of a bad lot. I remember that MTV, uh, the, yeah, they closed captioned this. They would have subtitles yep. sort of underneath it when it was playing. And he was the most clean-cut, pasty white gangsta of all time. Is he from Canada? I, I think he, so. I'm fairly sure he's from Toronto. Didn't he claim to be from Jamaica? I don't think so. He, but everybody thought he was because he had that like that Shaba Ranks kind of thing going on. He had like an East Ontario accent. Boy, I don't miss the '90s. Except for the "Smells Like the '90s" playlist, which is coming up. We'll this, but, this, but you know what? This kind of like like pop in the '90s was just so. It was so weird in so many ways. It just nothing made any sense. It almost had to be a complete opposite to the grunge. So. These are Aaron Durant's top five undeserving number one songs of all time. Number four, Loving You by mm. Minnie Riperton. <laughs> I don't even dislike this song. It's just it's just weird that when it was ever... When she hits that high note, I wonder yeah. if she can still do that when she's playing at some casino somewhere. She can. I've seen YouTube videos of her <laughs> If she pulls the oxygen mask off of her face long enough. It should be noted that when I put this wave together... Wait for it. All I wanna do Loving you Is more than 
birds are kind of creepy. You realize this has a minute and a half bird lead in? I had to trim all the birds. Oh, that's what says hit. <laughs> this used to be segway with Killing Me Softly with the song by Roberta Black. <laughs> now it's a Burger King song. Oh, the song is killing me slowly. Uh, Aaron Duran's <laughs> top five undeserving number ones. Please make number this stop. Don't worry, be happy. Oh, Bobby God. Uh, see, but I dispute this as well. I'm not saying that we all want to hear the song, but this deserves to be number one. It's Why? An, uh, because, it's, because it's an exceptionally well done. It's a salute to blandness. Uh, <laughs> all guess, weekend long. I mean, Ryan Seacrest hums this while he's shaving his <laughs> Shaving what? <laughs> That's the best assessment I have ever heard of a song. I can't. I don't think it could be summed up any better than that. Plus, all you think of is the video with Robin Williams acting wacky, running around. Final. Uh, my, one quick thought on this: Who's the other guy in the video in the top hat? Does anyone know? No. Robin Williams, Bobby McFerrin, and other guy. No one knows who the other guy is. Aaron Duran's top five uh, undeserving number one songs of all time. Number two, Smooth with Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana. I was in, a senior in high school. What happened out. to Santana? I liked this song, actually, a lot when it came out. But it's that... It's the unique ability of radio to take something you <laughs> like and make you hate it. Here's something you really like. Let's jam it into your ears 7,000 times a week until you loathe it. Where I grew... The town where I grew up, we had three kind of, quote, rock stations. Mm -hmm. There were times where this song was playing on every single one of them at the same time. It was a multi-format hit. Yep. I don't dislike the song. I just don't need to hear it. I might again. dislike it because Walmart had their own top 40 when I worked there. Uh huh. And this stayed number one for a year. Excellent. All right. Aaron Duran's top five undeserving number ones. What is number one, Tim? It is The Angry American by Toby Keith. <laughs> song is garbage. An American. Yeah. It's like you guys know all your country songs. The first station I worked at was uh, KWJJ, now The Wolf. Mm -hmm. I, we played this song at least twice an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, and I sang this ill-advised, uh, ironically, at karaoke once, and it didn't get as good of a reception. In Portland? That's hard to believe. <laughs> you know, I think even Toby Keith sings this ironically. I, I, I dispute the inclusion of this song, too. Why? Because it's the most pandering, insulting song of all time. You're judging by a totally different criteria. This is perfect for the country. It's a well-done song. This is an ex this is a it's an incredibly well-done, well-written song. I have no problem with this song. It could listen be well it, done, but it shouldn't it. be. It, you're, no. That's see, that's just snobbery. That's you're that's, just being okay. a snob. It's a well-done well, yeah. song. If I could have written this, I would have done it. If I could have released this, are you kidding me? If I could write one of these tomorrow and release it, I'd do it. That's fine. No, I'm just saying it. I... No, you're... Wait a minute. How can Fail. my opinion be wrong? Because it's not shared by me. And <laughs> I think that's the answer. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We'll take color 10 right now for your shot at winning a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Guitar Hero Metallica. Be color 10 at 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the microphone, Christopher J. Paddock, program director. Hello, sir. Well, hello. Uh, I was actually on hold uh, earlier, but I was able to... Is this you on here. the warm line? I was on the warm Are you line. Still there? Let's see. Thank you. There we go. Uh, I did have an answer to that question about the Don't Worry, Be Happy video. Of course. <laughs> the other person in that video is professional clown Bill Irwin. Why do you... Who? What? Bill Irwin, professional clown. Is that a thing you can be? That's like being a professional poet. 
Is I, he really? I mean, where did he, he is, clown? He was on Broadway, I guess. He was doing some sort of clowning show, and he's, that's uh, that's how he's discovered by Mr. McFerrin. Really? Yeah, really. Look okay. it up. <laughs> All right. You but, know this to be true. You're such Emerson. a wealth of information. He's like, uh, thank you. He is to Ernie Hudson as uh, as you know, Robin Williams is to Venkman. And I would that, also like to video. propose at some point that uh, Aaron and I perform Ebony and Ivory together, since he is my Almond Roca. Yeah, he's my little Cholo. But would we be more like the Mocha and Milk? It's okay. Let's Moving forward. forward. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Chris Paddock, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, caller 10. Uh, hello. Who might this be? Hey, this is John. John, are you ready to play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics for your shot at Guitar Hero Metallica, the most intense guitar hero ever? Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's the deal. I will perform two sets of metal lyrics for you today. One real, one fabricated by Aaron Duran. Uh, at the end of both sets, uh, when I'm done with it, you got to tell me which set is fake. Are you ready, sir? I am. All right. I'm going to do these in the no particular order. One set will be real, one set will be fake. Sarah Dillon, roll the music, will you please? All right. Here comes the first set of metal lyrics. <clears throat> we wandered the path of gypsy lore. Raven hair, beauty I adore. Strange fog rolls down unbidden, and all the stars are hidden for the first vampire stalks the night. All right, there you go. That's uh, embarrassing, but that's the first set, which means there's a whole second set we got to go through. All right. All right, second set. <clears throat> Sarah Dillon. Longing eyes turn into the sun, low in the winter. Gray as a wolf, now the wind has come. I'm cold as a hunter. Right across the sky, while the thunder rolls, lightning flies. Hail to the hammer, hail to the hammer. What? Hail to the hammer! All right, I'm with done. That doesn't make any sense on the, 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 by any stretch of the imagination. All right, sir, unbelievably, uh, one set of lyrics there was real, the other is fake. Which set of lyrics is fake? The first one is fake. Now, before I, is that your final answer? Yes, it is. And why do you say that? Uh, because I've heard the second song. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the second song is, in fact, Hail the Hammer by Tear? Tire? Tear. Tear. Yeah, Tire. All right. Yeah. At, the first set was called Ode to the Vampire with a Y. That was written by that Aaron Duran. Vampire. Vampire. Awesome. Sorry. All right. Sir, you have won a copy of Guitar Hero yeah. Metallica. All right. What was that? Do that one more time. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Thank you for listening, my friend. I'll put you on hold. All right. Richie Rich will get your information. Congratulations, sir. Back to wrap it up after this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Don't forget, coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with Buzz. And uh, this is Aaron uh, Geek in the City. Duran, Aaron, uh, what is happening at uh, your fine website? The new episode of Geek in the City Radio is up at geekinthecity.com, where we talk about monsters, aliens, fanboys. Uh, we also speak to the guy who is running GameStorm this weekend at the Vancouver Hilton. And then you guys just recorded the Glengarry Glen Ross commentary? No, that didn't happen. Oh. 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 What? Well, because half of us dropped of that Romulan death flu that was going around through, oh, we just right. pulled the plug on that one. Are you still recovering? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a yeah. big sick going Plus on. Plus, so. and it's allergy time, so it's like, wham, wham. Hey, us, too, we were all, mm-hmm. like, just with sniffling and sniffling. This morning, we all were having, like, itchy noses and eyes. And that is uh, the award-winning uh, geekinthecity.com. Yes, it is. Ladies Thank and gentlemen. you. Tim Riley uh, has been working on the following headlines today, as well as one story you might not have heard yet. A Portland girl rescued by playmates after being swallowed by a sinkhole while playing baseball. A sausage living inmate forced the evacuation of a Washington state prison. The star of Eight is Enough, Charles in Charge, and Bible man himself, Willie Ames, has fallen on hard times. He declared bankruptcy, had his car repossessed. His wife of 21 years has left him, moved out of his Kansas home, and rented a room in Los Angeles. He stole a bottle of Jack Daniels from the guy he was renting the room from. It got so bad, he put a knife to his throat and cut himself in six places. But because he's Bible man, he's invincible. I'm sure... (laughs) I'm sure that I have no way to follow that up, actually. One of us was killed last night. Well, the Watchmen thing. <laughs> that was a good worship. Well done, Tim Riley. You're welcome. That's the best possible story to end on. Uh, unless you're really Thank you, Tim Riley. Thank you, Tim Riley. No, no, no. No, thank you. No. All right. The Rick Emerson Show was produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley for Rock 101 KUFO News. On the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Donak with me, Reynolds, and, of course, uh, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Thank you, sir. We also want to thank Dick Uliano and Steve Kastenbaum. Smells like the 90s with Buzz is next. Have a good weekend. Uh, be safe. We'll see you Monday morning at 5 a.m. I'm Rick Emerson. That is The Frequency, Kenneth. Watch out for snakes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, hey, one on one weather. Damn, Riley. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat bird?